Greetings, fellow nerds and geeks. Why don't you pull yourself up a chair, grab yourself a beverage, and prepare to enjoy a geek-tastic conversation. Welcome to the Geek Easy. Welcome back to another installment of the Geek Easy Podcast. This is episode number 73 for October 16th, 2019. I am Pixel Dan, and I am once again joined by my co-hosts, Mr. Jonathan Leonard. Hey. And Jaron McCaffrey. I got back here. Yeah, we've switched spots a little bit. <laughs> kind of rearranged it. Uh, it's Jaron's show now. Jaren's Jaren's the new host. I'll see you guys later. It's been great doing the show. <laughs> you this don't is... have to leave just because you're oh. not hosting. Oh, I thought I thought this was like my goodbye show or something. Okay, is well, it? I'll farewell stay. to Pixel uh, Dan. Farewell, farewell to no. I'm and the viewership drops to ten. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no overnight <laughs> from fourteen. That's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Christina stopped watching <laughs> on all her three of her accounts. Right, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many listeners you got? Uh, same as the amount of email addresses I have, plus four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got a few things to talk about today. Uh, lots of stuff that's kind of all over the place, I think. Uh, a few different movie discussions and some various uh, movie-related news items, as we typically do on this show. As we um, typically do. Why don't we go ahead and just start since it's the since we just got back from the movie theater? We just got home from the theater together. We all actually went out and watched a movie together, which I feel like we haven't done we in haven't a done very in a long time. In game, um, yeah, since in game. Uh, but we went to the Fathom event that just happened for Kevin Smith's new movie, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So why don't we go ahead and kick off the show and talk about my best friend Kevin Smith's new movie. Your best friend? Hey. Yeah, yeah, we're best friends. You didn't know hey, that? Call him, call him and tell him we enjoyed ourselves. Okay, I'll let him know. I'll, I'm going to send that message along to my best friend Kevin Smith. No, like right now. Oh, okay. On the air. Okay, on, on, on the on air. air. Yeah. Live on the air. Let me call in and yeah. get him on the show so we can talk about his movie. Ask him if he's ever been on a podcast before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he invented podcasting. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Oh, okay. I, I thought I read that in a history book or something. In a history book? <laughs> The history of podcasting. Total 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 side flash here that just happened. I was thinking about this the other day. Like you know where I I was thinking about that Rocket Man movie and how we're getting biopics of guys who are still out there actively performing now. Yeah, that got me thinking. Like man, we're not more than you know maybe ten years away from starting to get biopics of the people who are starring in these big biopics. So like we're. (laughs) We're, we're like half a generation away of seeing some actor playing Joaquin Phoenix play Johnny Cash. I think my head's going to explode <laughs> when we get there. I hope so. Yeah. I don't even... What? <laughs> yeah. as, as Joaquin yeah. Phoenix well, that, you know they're gonna do in a, the role of Johnny they're Cash. Gonna, they're going to do a Joaquin Phoenix biopic one of these days. And, we'll get and when see. they do, they're going to be like, remember when he won his Oscar for playing this other person who's also real? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's totally a thing yeah. that will happen. <laughs> so you heard it here first. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, man. 
So where do we want to start with this? We don't have to give like a full breakdown or anything of this movie. I guess we should talk about how they're releasing this. It's a, it's very different. It's mm-hmm. not like a regular theatrical release for these movies. But this is also kind of like his own little like fun every, project. Everything did, right? about everything about this from the ground up through the actual product is is fan service to every yes. degree. And 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 like doesn't pretend to be anything else by any means or whatever. So like I think it's pretty cool how. The whole thing has sort of come together. Like yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that he wanted to do. He put it together. He edited it himself, which he's been doing for his past several movies. That's just a thing he does now. He just puts together his own stuff and releases it. And instead of going through like a big studio or something to release the movie, he, he found a way to do what, what he's doing is just releasing it through <coughs> these Fathom events. So there's two nights that you can go to the theaters to actually see this. And then after that, I think he's just going to do his usual like touring thing that he does with a lot of his stuff where he goes... Right. And shows the movie and then does like a live Q&A with the crowd and stuff. So that's that's how this movie is being released. Well, it's become so much about him, right? Like, he's he's the brand. He just happens to make movies as like an impetus for him to have something to talk about. Yeah, totally. Well, it's it's funny when you think about because like his career totally got like a reboot, right? <laughs> like talking about this movie being a reboot, but that's what happened to his career because I mean, Kevin Smith was the guy that made all those movies. And then from making his own movies, he got other projects and worked on other, other stuff and got to, you know, he did cop out with Bruce yeah. Willis, which they made a lot of jokes about in this yeah. movie, which was funny. Which I enjoyed. Um, but, um, you know, after that, he kind of he, he disappeared and he kind of stopped doing that stuff a whole lot. But that's when he just like went full time podcasting like right. that. That became his job is just starting up podcasting. And then he started like a whole podcasting company and a bunch of his friends started their own podcast and they got like this network and like that, like revitalized him basically because that just took off. And became his job. Like, that became his full-time job was just doing these podcasts. And that has grown into all these new opportunities for him where he started writing for all these TV shows, getting to make new movies. You know, it's it's pretty cool, actually. You know, he started, I mean, Clerks was all guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. Like, he just went out and maxed out a bunch of credit cards and put this movie together and and then took it to a couple of festivals and Miramax bought it. And I think they spent almost as much or a little more on, or something like that on the soundtrack before they released it theatrically than the, than the movie itself cost to make. You know? Yeah. Um, Cause it was seriously done for like 30 grand, which even in 1994 money is not a lot of, not right. a lot of money for a movie. Right. Uh, but then like all of his movies after that, like he got the studio involvement pretty much right away, but they, he was still making, the Jay and Silent Bob characters, the View Universe stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of difference in those movies, but it's all still the same stuff. And he basically wrote that for about a decade, give or take. Through the 90s you know? there. Yeah, yep. and then I think it was after Clerks 2 that he, I mean, he had sort of walked away from it for a few years anyway and then made Clerks 2 and then was like totally done with it for a while. Now, leading up to Clerks 2, they had announced Clerks 2 ten times. Yeah. And it fell apart, nine of them. Yeah. You know, uh, since then they've announced Mallrats 2 ten times, Clerks 3 ten times. Yes. He's, you know, he does that a lot. Yeah. All, all that <laughs> stuff. But like, he really started doing, when he started doing the podcast stuff, he, he took a few studio jobs. Yeah. I did like that Zach and Miriam movie, which I think he wrote. Yeah. Um, yeah. himself, but it wasn't like one of his regular movies. He did the Jersey Girl one, which wasn't one of his regular 
you know, view askew movies. And I think he had limited success with those. I don't think they were total you, failures. You're forgetting Geely. Oh, Geely. That's yeah. not a Kevin Smith movie. That was a Ben no. Affleck movie. I thought, oh. Oh, well, yeah. never mind. No. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, I mean, Ben Affleck didn't direct it, but I don't think Kevin Smith had anything to do with it. I thought that Geely. was. Mm. Yeah. Do- double check me there. But, uh, Oh, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. I'm wrong. I'm sure. Cop, I'm wrong. Cop Out, I think, was like the first one he hadn't had any part of the no, process. You, you know what? You know what I'm thinking. Um, Gili came out. There was all that news because Gili came out and tanked real hard, oh. and then and then the news was that yeah. oh they cut, you know they cut J Lo out of a Jersey Girl. Right. That's right. Yep. That's that's, right. that's, that's what that's I'm right. thinking of. Yep. 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 And you're right there. <clears throat> um. But I say Cop Out, I think, was the first thing he did that he didn't actually write himself. Mm-hmm. Like, they just hired him and gave him a script and told him to make this movie. Um, but then when he kind of disappeared from that stuff, I don't think he I don't think he particularly enjoyed doing, like, the studio-based stuff. Right. Um, but he started doing those really smaller, like, independent movies that were his own again. Yeah. But not anything to... Like, so far out of the Jay and Silent Bob era that most of them are, like, kind of horror movies well, or pseudo-horror movies I was going to say, and he was least. trying to move away because, like, Red State was, <laughs> He like did a, Red State. Yeah. Was a horror movie. Tusk. Tusk. He did Tusk. Well, Tusk... Tusk was a joke, right? Wasn't that the one where Tusk, they joked Tusk, about it on the podcast? They joked about it on a yeah. podcast, and then he, it became a real movie because, yep. yeah, it became one of... The, like, that movie came together because of his podcast and his podcast audience. Yeah. So that was made for them, because <laughs> that movie that movie like a, did not perform well at almost all. Almost like a snakes on a plane type. Thing. Uh, well, most exactly. of these didn't even get like theatrical releases. That's right, what I'm saying. Right. Like I remember watching Red State and thinking, you know, for an independent movie, it's you know fairly well made. It's got its interesting moments. It's not that great. I never saw Red State. Um, I haven't seen it either. There's nothing particularly remarkable about it by any means. Like I said, and I don't. I mean, I saw it when it came out and don't remember it all that well. I don't remember hating it, but I don't remember liking it either. Uh, but I do remember thinking, interesting turn for Kevin Smith, for sure. Um, but uh, everything just sort of felt like fish out of water, except for his own universe stuff. Yeah. Which is funny, because those in, the, in and of themselves are fish out of water <laughs> in comparison to any other movie. You know? Right. Uh, I think he has had some success on the TV side, doing some of those DC shows. I mean, and stuff he's like been that. doing yeah all the Supergirl stuff yeah. and the Flash stuff. Yeah, and he's everything. been helping out a lot with those and yeah. directing several of them, and he's and he's done real well there. But this is really like his kind of return to form on yeah on doing you know like his stuff here. Right. And again, it is. I mean, this movie is there are parts of it that are shot for shot, just a remake of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, which in and of itself was just a fan service movie. Like yes. that movie existed. <clears throat> to make in-jokes about all of his other movies and characters, and this one exists to do it again 18 years later. Now, if that sounds like a poor review of the movie, I don't intend it as one because I enjoyed it because that's what I got out of it. But it is to forewarn you that if you're looking for something new or fresh, you you won't get that. You'll just get reminded of a bunch of stuff you used to really like, I, which sometimes is fine. I would disagree with that. I feel like there was more to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I, I feel like Jay and Silent Bob... Now, there was a ton of fan service stuff in there. Um, but I do kind of feel like that was the one where they were like, look, these guys get their own movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and the movie was what it would be. Because like, if you, if you cut out the fan service, there's still... Nine minutes... Oh, there's a lot more than nine minutes. You know, I mean, they, they still they still do a lot that is not 
fan service centric in Strikes Back. You know, there's I mean, there's plenty of fan service, and you probably if you cut out all the fan service, you probably wouldn't get a full, you know, ninety minutes. But I feel like there's a lot more going on in that movie besides the fan service than this one. And in reboot, I think you'd seriously have like nine minutes <laughs> you know, if you yeah. cut out all the fan service. Yeah, I, I just I just feel like that. You know, they had a little more. I don't know. I mean, there was you know because the the whole in Strikes Back, the whole there was a lot with the diamond heist thing. There was a lot with the clit. There was a lot when uh, uh, what's his uh, Will Ferrell showed up. Yeah, you know. Um, there was a lot of them. There was uh, the stuff with Carlin and um, the stuff with uh, Princess Leia. Yeah, Carrie Fisher. You know what I mean? There yeah. was all these. There was all these uh, jokes. Both, both of those two scenes combined for like a minute and a half. Well, I, and I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm saying there was a lot of jokes built in there that were new jokes that were. I don't feel like there were any new jokes in in <laughs> reboot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, there, I feel like if you cut out the fan service of Strikes Back, you'd probably cut out, you know, a little over a third of that movie. If you cut out the fan service in st- reboot, you'd cut out three fourths of that movie. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree on the on the on the reboot part. That's about where I would put it. I would guess with Strikes Back, it'd still be much closer to half, though. Like I'm, I, I was never saying that this one was. Uh, or that this one was less fan service. No, I, I, I was just making that general comparison of like I don't I don't think Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back exists if it weren't for the fan service aspect. Now they added a bunch more stuff to it for sure, and they they, they way more fully developed a movie around that concept mm. on that one than this one. But I don't think we would have ever gotten that movie if it weren't for the idea of going back and revisiting a bunch of that stuff. Mm. See, I would I would I would question that now i don't know because i was never in the pitch meetings but i feel like by the time we got to jay and silent bob strike back there had like there was enough movies with those guys where the pitch what what do you what did i the 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 pitch meeting like they all just the pitch meetings all took place in kevin smith's head (laughs) (laughs) Nobody was in on those. Well, you know, I I mean, my my memory of that time, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, that was like kind of a big time for comedy, and comedy was getting a little goofier. um, and, And I feel like there was probably a market for a Jay and Silent Bob movie that wasn't like a market for... uh, Hey, remember the Viusk universe? I feel like the... The, the horse came before the cart in that one. Yeah. You know, like, you could sell p- people on, like, hey, Jay and Silent Bob, they're popular characters. We're going to give them their own movie. It's going to be this, you know, kind of slapstick romp across the road, slapstick road to movie um, with these two stoners. Yeah. And then Dumb because... Dumber with weed. Yeah. yeah. Because, because the studios were like, that sounds good. We'll do that. He was able to go, great. And I'm going to slide in this in-joke <laughs> and that in-joke and this call back and this and that. With this one, it was like, hey, I'm going to make a callback. I'm going to just shoot a bunch of callbacks. And, yeah. and maybe there will be... We, I kind of have this story where Jay and Silent Bob are doing this thing. Yeah. 
Well, Maybe we do a thing a lot where you and I are saying the same <laughs> things, but we're doing it in an argumentative tone. <laughs> because, like, I'm not... I don't think anything you just said there is necessarily full wrong, other than maybe disagreeing with a little bit of the like the math on the run times or anything like that. But we're coming at it like we're we're opposing each other. But I don't think well, we are. Well, <laughs> the 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 opposition is that you're saying that Strikes Back exists to be a callback to the movies he had done before that, and reboot exists to be a callback and i'm saying i don't think i think strikes back gets made whether there are callbacks or not okay that's that's what i'm disagreeing on i think strikes back is its own movie with a bunch of callbacks in it okay and reboot is just a bunch of callbacks that is getting made into a movie yeah well you're the host (laughs) (laughs) well that is that is certainly true about reboot i mean reboot is it is nothing but callbacks to stuff from the old movies and jokes for just like if you're a fan of kevin smith if you follow him online if you listen to his podcasts this movie is just nothing but jokes about all that stuff like it like he puts so many inside jokes basically even just for like his podcast fans like this is just it's all of that to get strung together (laughs) in a in a loose fitting storyline of sorts just so he can get to all these jokes um, I don't know. I laughed a lot at it. I, there were several things I thought were very funny. I, I appreciated the callbacks. Um, but, you know, like when we're thinking about it in terms of like movie quality itself, like I certainly wouldn't rank this as like, you know, Clerks 2 level of like a good movie. Yeah. Like, Well, and that's the thing. Like I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I went yeah. into it sort of like expecting and wanting that in the first place. I could not take anyone who wasn't a fan of Kevin Smith to it because yeah. they would have no idea That's what the they were thing. watching. Like you, like this was made for people who are already fans of this stuff, who enjoyed the old stuff. Um, like you have to be almost like a Kevin Smith fan. You have to be a Kevin Smith fan yeah. to enjoy this movie. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's not going to matter to you yeah. at all. Yeah, and you can't be like a, like somebody who thought Mallrats was funny when you were fifteen. Yeah, like, that's not enough. Yeah, you know a lot more. You got to know more to get to get uh, much out of this. Which again. To me, that this feels like that's how it was designed in the first place. Like yeah. this isn't like a mass market movie. They're For trying sure. to make a bunch of. This is something right. they're taking on tour, yep. so that people who are willing to pay tickets to come see them can watch this. Yeah, movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like so. this movie was made to watch in that setting, yeah. right? A, a room full of people who are already fans of Kevin Smith who get to hang out with Kevin Smith while watching this movie and then listen to him talk about it. Yeah. That is absolutely the the audience that this was made for. Yeah. So. And I'm, I'm, yeah, it's totally fine. I'm fine with that too. Um, uh, there were several callback jokes that I, I super appreciated, especially as fa- a fan of a lot of the old movies. Like, I don't know, I laughed real hard at the, uh, what are you deaf like Anne Frank? <laughs> Cause that's one of my favorite jokes from clerks too, <laughs> is the whole Anne Frank yeah. part. Um, you know, so like little things like that, just, I don't know. That makes me real happy when I get some of those jokes, pretty much everybody from all of the view askew universe movies pop up somewhere in this movie. Uh, you know, even as those characters, like we, we saw, um, you know, hold Holden again. And, yeah. uh, we saw, uh, gosh, I can't even remember all the names. Banky. Yeah. Well, that's a funny Bank, like, the, Banky, like this movie, yeah. the, Like, this movie really starts off, like, shot for shot, just yeah. like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which is part of the joke. This movie the whole, opens with the goodbye horses. I mean, like, <laughs> we get the Jay totally taking his pants off, doing oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the... <laughs> 
the Silent of the Lambs Buffalo thing. Bill. Yeah, the Buffalo yep. Bill thing right at the beginning of the movie. It's like, yep, yep. we're just going to open. Yep. Here's what you're getting. Yep. Here's what the there's movie is. Where we are. This is where we are. <laughs> um, but when it goes into, because, you know, when Strikes Back came out, it was right at the rise of superhero movies. And the whole crux of that movie was that, uh, you know, the comic book that... Ben Affleck and Jason Lee had made in Chasing Amy. Yeah. That was based off of Kevin or Jane Silent Bob. Yeah. Was becoming a movie and they wanted to go stop it from being made or at least get paid for it or something yeah. along those lines. And now here we are 20 years later. And I mean, the superhero things have overrun the marketplace, but now we're getting more. And I mean, we've been here for a while, I feel like, but we're getting more and more where everything's a reboot. Everything yeah. is a, you know. Uh. A redo of something old, and so now it's just sort of lampooning that. It kind of had a, a 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street vibe to me. Uh, I don't think it pulled it off nearly as well Man. as those did because those, those movies, those were, movies were so much better. Metal art. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. But that was kind of the, the 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 realm it played with there. But it goes through the same opening scenes because it opens with towards the opening there, like. They're just hanging out at the quick stop, and then they can't hang out at the quick stop anymore. Yeah. So then they go and find Banky, and they're hanging out with Banky, and then they find out that this movie is being made. Yeah. And is negatively affecting them somehow. You yeah. Know? Uh, they did throw the courtroom scene in the middle of this one where they lost the rights to their own names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love. Which was pretty funny. I love. How, I love how Jason Lee's comic shop is just in, in that mall now, yeah. and that mall's dying. Yep. That was that like stuff like that. I thought was pretty great. Uh. Jason Lee's entire explanation of the difference between a remake and a reboot was fantastic. Yes, absolutely. That was amazing. Absolutely. There's a few there's a few there's a few parts of this movie. And again, I I enjoyed the experience overall. There's a few parts of this movie that I really thought were worth the price of admission on their own. Yeah. That was uh, not the biggest, but the first one that I got to yeah. when they went through that whole conversation, I was like, "All right, like I just I just got my 15 bucks worth there in in, in about 3 minutes." So, <laughs> Everything else that happens from here on is gravy. <laughs> well, I love when they circled back to that too later on when when Jay was like, because yeah. because they were in the van with the girls or whatever because they said something like, "Don't you mean remake?" And he goes, "No, this is this is definitely he's like this is definitely a reboot because he was like we're replaced by a younger diverse cast and like showed all the girls like I was amazed like telling the same story that I already love but changing it just a little bit and filling it with a younger more diverse cast like that was the explanation of what a reboot is versus a remake i was it was amazing it was so funny <laughs> i uh I, are you I all went... wearing cat suits under your clothes <laughs> i went through and i've rewatched a lot of the view universe movies leading up to this one i didn't yeah. quite get uh have enough time to get in clerks 2 or clerks the animated series but but i got most of them in through jay and silent bob strike back i will say one of the jarring parts is I remember when, even when Strikes Back came out, and then I think that was, I want to say that was like 02, and I think Clerks 2 was like 05, which at the time felt like eternity. <laughs> like Clerks 1 seemed like the oldest movie that had ever been made, and then they finally made Clerks 2. And I think yeah. part of that is because when you're 25, 10 years is a long time. Yeah. And part of that is because they had been talking about Clerks 2 for nine of those years. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know? Um, but. It, it seemed like that was forever as far as the time distance in between them. And now, sitting here in 2019, looking back, Jay and Simon Bob Strike Back don't feel like it was an, an, a whole eternity ago by any means, right. except that it was 20 years. And it's so, crazy. looking at those, like, those guys already looked older in by the time Strikes Back came around. I know, looking then, at them in the they, first Clerks they, is they, crazy. Yeah, than they did yeah. in the first Clerks. 
and then making that time jump 20 years and and not just Jane Silent Bob like all the cameo people all yeah. that stuff like it's jarring to watch all of those movies and then skip that 20 year break and just sit down for this one like literally yeah. the next day and you're yeah. like whoa yeah Ben Affleck looked different yeah you know <clears throat> yeah uh and Kevin Smith looks the healthiest out of everybody yeah. <laughs> Like, he never looked nearly as fat in any of those movies as he is in my memory because of Uh how often they call him fat. Yeah. You know, like they always refer to him as the tubby one and everything like that. And so I just have this image in in my head of him being way heavier than he ever actually is. Now, also, I'm fat. So (laughs) (laughs) that probably plays some into it also. Because I'll look at him and go, he's not even as big as me. Oh. (laughs) I, uh, I will say, like, I didn't. So there was a lot of cameos and stuff too in the movie. Chris Jericho is in the movie. That was the weakest scene in the whole movie yeah. for me. I didn't quite understand what joke we were supposed to really be getting there, or like I don't know. I think like, I think that had to be a way more flushed out idea at some point. Yeah. When they go through the end credits of this movie, you get a bunch of outtakes that were clearly from a different version of the movie. Yeah. Like you can tell from the outtakes that there are three or four different ideas that were in play when they were filming this thing. Yeah. And I feel like somewhere along that line the Jericho scene had to be a lot longer have an intro and an outro and make any sense at all. And by the time they cut it all together, I don't know if they just didn't have time or yeah. if the beginnings and the ends didn't fit into the movie that they ended up with or what happened. But I feel like they looked at that footage and went, well, Chris Jericho came and filmed this with us. And, you know, we've got it. There's, there's this you know one part that has to happen in here to, to bring these characters together a little bit. So we have to put the scene in there. But the beginning and the end don't work anymore. So we just have to sort of puke what we have into it. That's, and then run away as quick as we can. That's sort of what, sort of what, and it, yeah, and it does happen real fast too. Yeah. It's just kind of like what yeah. was even they, the purpose yeah, they, of they, they didn't show you how they got there. They just land there. Didn't yeah, make any sense that they were there. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like three things happen. They're gone, and it didn't make any sense that they got yeah. away. It was real weird. It was another one I was waiting for the callback. Like I was waiting. It's basically a Ku Klux Klan scene. Yeah, where they've kidnapped these teenagers that Jane Silent Bob are traveling with inexplicably they just find these kids and they happen to have been kidnapped by the clan yeah and then uh they dump a porta potty on the clan and they run away and that's like the whole end of the well, scene and this and is, I, I was he waiting also, for he the, also does the uh, this is where he does the silent bob talking too like they did they yeah. they did it with this because there's always we always get the one scene where silent bob says something yeah and this is the scene they used it on, and it wasn't even like I don't know. It was so yeah, weird just and dumb. Played real and weird. Yeah. Well, it's super I can't can expect well, the plan to show up later in the movie, like Jericho yeah. and a bunch of those guys to come back and play a part at the end or something. But yeah. then it never happened. Well, you yeah. know, he was also doing a thing. That that whole speech was um, Alec Baldwin, the always be closing speech from oh, what uh, Glengarry Glen Glengarry Glen, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was poor. It was done badly. Okay, um, but but like so he was it, he was totally doing a thing. It just went way that. over my head. I did not get that part at all. Because um, like, he, well, okay, the the one part about it that I laughed at was when Jay went, "Oh man, it's the clan. Those guys ruin everything." I was like, <laughs> like that made me laugh because yeah. I was like, "That's just absurd." But it's like, <laughs> like, like like the like the girl like the, the their tra- I guess we haven't really set up the story at all. The basics of the story is that they go to stop the reboot of their movie from being made and and try to get the rights of their name back so they can be Jay and Silent Bob again. (laughs) Along the way, they run into uh, Justice Justice Justice. from Strikes Back, and then they find out that uh, she had Jay's baby 18 years ago and never told him, so he meets his daughter. 
Well, the daughter wants to go to Hollywood with them to go to the Chronicon and a bunch of her friends tag along, but she doesn't know it's her dad and there's all this animosity between like the young group and the, and the two older guys. And so that like that's sort of how the traveling goes. So the lead into this scene was basically like Jay and Silent Bob get out of the van and the girls steal the van. Well, in the next scene, they grab a different car to chase them down. And when they like they just like there's not any setup to where they're looking for them or how they're finding them or anything. They just pull up into this like uh, rock quarry and, and the girl's van is there. And they're like, oh, there's the van. Great. And then they go to, like, open the van to find the girls, and the girls aren't in the van. And then they turn around, and there's just a clan rally happening behind them. Yeah. And the girls are all tied up, and they're burning a cross. And then Jay and Silent Bob go and untie them, confuse the clan, dump a porta potty on them, and then they're just gone. You know? So, so you did – there was, at some point, some setup, because the name of that rock quarry was Asgard. <laughs> Oh, I did not catch that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, they just barely panned right past the, the picture for it. And I'm pretty sure it was, like, ASS Guard. Yeah, Asgard. So, yeah. so it probably wasn't a rock quarry. It was probably something to do with, like, the porta potty place. Okay. Yeah. Um, now we missed why anybody knew that was there. That was, you know, why, 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 why Silent Bob would know that that place was there. Yeah. Why the girls might have picked that place to hang out. But that was kind of... I assume there was some connection there between because they had just had the conversation about all this stuff they would do to Thor. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that at least puts a little something to it yeah. still there, but there, yeah. there was still is no, like, you right. expect the scene of, like, where would they go? Or the, this is how we're tracking them. Yeah. Or any setup for the girls as to why they would be there. Or yeah. how the how and why the clan just happened to be there and happened to have them all tied up. Yeah. Any of that stuff is just gone. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of time talking about that scene. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. And really, I mean, we don't have to go even too much more into it. Yeah. I want I want to point out too, though. I thought the fun, the so like it's funny because like Kevin Smith himself is also a character in the movie because Kevin yeah. Smith is the director of the new movie. So they make tons of Bluntman V Chronic. Yeah, it's Bluntman V Chronic now, which yeah. is great. And they make lots of like jokes about Kevin Smith and all the bad movies he's made and stuff. They bring out Cop Out a lot. They bring yeah. up Tusk a lot. Um, they call him Kevin James a whole bunch, which is a thing that he always jokes about on his podcast that happens to him all the time. So there's a lot of those kind of jokes in there, which is pretty funny stuff. Um, when they get to the panel, uh, and then the one like quiet, like girl from China that's been hanging out with them the whole time that they said was like a podcaster from China. Yeah. Turns out to be a Russian the whole time. And she's like, just suddenly the villain. The end was nonsense. Dude, the end was total chaos. But when when she got up on the stage and she's just like, begin collusion. And then all the Russians, (laughs) that was ridiculous. That made me laugh. Yeah, so then, like, the Russians were the bad guy, and yeah. ugh, it was so ridiculous. The best, but. I mean, they were, you know, they had a bunch of cameos in there from old Kevin Smith yeah. friends and characters, and then a bunch of cameos that were just famous people that, that showed up. Yeah. Um, but then, they, you know, they did the, the Ben Affleck cameo at, at the end <laughs> yeah. there, and that that was the main one for me that was like, I'd, I'd pay 15 bucks again right now to go watch just that scene, <laughs> because that hit in a, in a on a couple of different levels for me, because it was hilarious, it was kind of heartwarming. Uh, I know, like, those guys were really close friends for a long time, and then weren't at all for a long time, and so, the, like, there's the moment where it's, it's Holden from Chasing Amy, reuniting with Jay and Silent Bob... And 
It's like there's just no reason for Silent Bob to hug Holden as long as he did. So yeah. you can just tell that was just Kevin Smith and Ben Affleck, you know, coming <laughs> back together. And then all of the jokes they made, Dude. all of them had me in tears. Dude, there was some good yeah. stuff here, but like specifically like when they when Ben Affleck makes the jokes about how uh, he used to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But now he's more like Thomas Wayne <laughs> or or his mother whose name escapes him right now and he kind of gives that glance to the camera. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Like that that was just fantastic. Um yeah, I, I enjoyed the Ben Affleck scene quite a bit. That was one of my favorite parts too. Um yeah, it was it was fun. I had a lot of fun watching the movie. Um it it, it, it you just have to go into it knowing exactly what you're yeah, going to get exactly. out of it, basically. You're big, if you've seen all those movies, you want to see this one. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Disagree. those movies. <laughs> but but Jaren, um, yeah, okay. Jaren's on a different page. Yeah. 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 You, so, well, I mean, you may not have gotten much out of it, but, but would you tell a Kevin Smith super fan not to watch it? Mm, I, I would tell a Kevin... Not a Kevin Smith super fan. Kevin Smith super fan? Yeah, it's more Kevin Smith, so go see it. Uh, Kevin Smith casual fan because I would consider myself a Kevin Smith casual fan and I did not enjoy it I don't think there's any reason to go see it Um, it it is not so for me all the callbacks like there was no you guys were talking about how like the Jericho scene had no setup and no it was just kind of nothing that didn't stand out to me because I felt that way about pretty much all the scenes (laughs) it was just like you know it, it, it was just like now I don't now having listened to you guys explain that I don't disagree with any of that. I'm not saying I'm like, oh no, that scene was fine. I'm just saying, um, all the scenes it was just like look, here's a scene. Like like you could have chopped this you could chop this movie into uh YouTube videos and they would play just fine. You no. don't need any scene before <laughs> or after anything else that's happening. Yeah. Um it all the callbacks I, I was not into because they weren't I, I didn't even feel like they were clever callbacks. They were just like Remember this thing? Okay. Here it is remember again. this thing? Okay. Oh, remember <laughs> this thing? Okay. You know, they weren't even... It, it's not even like they were woven into a story being told. Yeah. Um, so so that, that did nothing for me. The very threadbare story that they tell with, spoiler alert, Jay... Jay, I guess we already did Jay's daughter. Yeah. Like, the very, with him <clears throat> connecting with his daughter... Um, I, I don't feel like it was as, you know, like if you if you want a heartfelt, it's it's not like I felt like oh this is uh, you know Kevin Smith's love story to his daughter or anything like that. You know what I mean? Right. It was just like because there had to be some story in there. <laughs> you know, they put this very threadbare thing in there. Um, now, uh, let me also acknowledge very quickly. I get turned off by like the kids got to have a father and I don't, you know, Oh kids, this, this character doesn't know who they are because they don't know their father. And it's this thing that, you know, Oh, they've, they're obsessed with it. You know, like that, that storyline always turns me off. Yeah. Um, now I also don't think it's a very good version of that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, even if it wasn't, even, even if it was something I was into, this is a pretty threadbare, like, hey, Jay has a daughter, and they're at odds, but then they're not. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so, like, like as opposed to like Clerks Two, which was very 
So good. Gen- <laughs> like there was, you know, something very genuine and like you could tell, you know, Kevin Smith was kind of pouring out some emotion in that one, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, there was something behind it. Um, I did not get that feeling from this other than just like, hey, remember all those things I did? <laughs> um, so I, I would say you can skip it. There's no reason to watch this movie unless you are a Kevin Smith super duper listen to his podcast every week. <laughs> already saw it before. Already saw this movie fan. <laughs> so, well, Kevin Smith is my best friend. I think it's <laughs> I think it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. So, thumbs up for me. <laughs> hey, uh, all yeah. those cameos in that movie and not one Elias. I was disappointed that we didn't get to see Elias anywhere. Yeah, I didn't, which I didn't even catch until you brought it up. But yeah, I was bummer. I just kept hoping we'd see him somewhere. Yeah. I just he's my favorite part yeah. of Clerks too, and I miss him. <laughs> he needs to be in more things. But see, just as Elias, well, I was, <laughs> did we even see Randall? Was he with the cast oh, of he Clerks? Was, he was he was with the cast. cast. Yeah, yeah, he was right, with the cast right, of Clerks right. when I, they showed it. I was gonna say I was hey, a the, little Dante surprised. Stuff, he was pretty great, and everything he popped up in yeah, that movie. Yeah, he was Dante great. was like four different characters again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. I was a little surprised and maybe disappointed because there was a lot a lot of the cameos. They weren't like the characters from the from whatever they were in before. It was just yeah. like the actor. Yeah, know? like Rosario Dawson is the only one I can think of. Oh yeah, but she yeah. was not. The girl from Clerks. She was not. Yeah, yeah she wasn't I mean? Dante's wife. Well, like Dante, like, like Dante I mean, I, showed up as Dante, and then as a newscaster, and then I swear I saw him at least one more time. Yeah, yeah, he was in there a couple times. Um, at the very end, when when Jay was like, "Hey, we've been putting gum in his locks for twenty five yeah, years." That was, <laughs> that was my favorite. Like Dante part. showed up at the very end for like that classic clerk scene where he goes yeah. to open the lock, and he's just like, "Ah." Yeah, that was that was my favorite part. <laughs> putting gum in his locks for 25 years yeah. oh man good stuff yeah all right we moving on from that i sure. think so so one of the other things that kevin smith uh of course is doing is the uh masters of the universe series on netflix and we've already talked about that but it turns out there might be some more masters of the universe and netflix combining going on outside of that cartoon that was already announced so i wanted to bring this up a little bit uh one of the big news items that came out this past week big news items in my world i guess um, (laughs) is that sony's masters of the universe movie that has been on again off again for like a decade or more um is possibly no longer going to come out at theaters and might possibly be coming to Netflix as a direct to Netflix movie. Now, is it still gonna suck? Oh boy, I hope I hope Even it on is. Netflix. <laughs> oh man. Like are they gonna use the same script or they, they, gonna... they haven't said anything like that yet. Um, so here let me read this to you real quick. So this is from um, I think this was originally reported on the Hollywood Reporter and broke out on various news outlets after that. Uh, it says after developing Masters of the Universe films since two thousand seven Sony is apparently considering making the project for Netflix. The outlet reports that studio chairman Tom Rothman is in preliminary talks as Sony decides between finding a studio or finance partner or yeah, or finance partner for the He-Man project or go with Netflix as a safe bet in quotes safe bet. 
if Sony selects Netflix as their distributor, the studio would follow in the footsteps of companies like Paramount who have already explored and are currently making movies for streamers. Uh, and that's basically the end of the story. So, <laughs> essentially, Sony is worried about this movie bombing in as a theatrical release. And they think Netflix might be the safer bet to yeah. release this directly well, to I guess streaming services. Because when I first heard that news, that was exciting. Because I was like, well, it'll probably be better on Netflix anyway. But then I don't know how to... Because if, if the news is Sony's you know, developed this movie and is about to start filming and now they're nervous about it so they're going to send it to Netflix and Netflix is going to take their script that was still written by David Goyer and, uh. and their movie that they're already nervous about and they're just going to happen to be the ones who push play on the camera. Right. Then then I'm not excited anymore. But if the, but if the news is uh, Sony's nervous so they're just completely handing over the reins to Netflix and Netflix can take it and do whatever they want with it, then I'm excited that maybe Netflix will do something good with it. Yeah, I know. It really depends on which way we're going to go because I'm hoping for the latter also. Like, I, I do think that this is an okay move, like moving it to Netflix, yeah. but I'm also it's the not guy. bad news no, under either circumstance. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, but I've also been the guy in the camp this whole time of being very nervous about this movie and not thinking that there's any chance that Hollywood's going to make the He-Man movie that I want to see. You know, like, I've kind of already been in that boat anyway. I've kind of been a little you know a little gripey about it and i i know that but i think sending it to netflix is not a bad move um i know from talking to folks in the biz that netflix has tried to get this movie in the past so it's kind of cool to see it coming back as an option and while i don't know anything concrete so i can't like i'm not going to give you any inside info cuz i don't have any inside info uh but it does sound like this report is like a legit thing from what I understand. Like this isn't just some random report about I'm possibly talking to Netflix. They are really talking to Netflix about yeah. this. This is a real thing that's happening. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes, like where, where this develops. But man, what a saga this is. Like, the, it, like I love how it says it right here. After developing a movie since 2007, like literally it's been over a decade that Sony's been I, trying to make this yeah, movie. And I feel like it's been longer than that. Yeah. It's ridiculous, yeah. man. It's just, who knows? Who knows but if this is hey, ever going to come out? That's a solid 12-year run of not ruining this movie. Yet. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. How, how much longer can we make it? <laughs> I mean, they can't Place not your ruin bets. this movie forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Place your bets. Yeah. Place your bets. What do we got? <laughs> awesome. Anything else you guys had to say on that one? I just wanted to throw I, it out I there. I could not so. have less of a dog in this race. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. This movie. I mean, I I, I, I like He-Man and all, but man, it's gonna, does none of this matter to me. Like, you know, just, just make the movie or don't, guys. That's that's where I'm at. Like, what that's are doing? true. That, well, no, I get that. I totally get that. And you know what else <laughs> is really weird about this, too? Like, if this does actually happen, that means Netflix will have three separate entities for this franchise right. running at the same time with their with the DreamWorks Shira, uh, the new Kevin Smith animation, and then this movie, all not related to each other, but all very much from the same franchise. That is super weird. Yeah. It's super weird. But hey, hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um all right. So one of the other things I wanted to bring up. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, so we don't have to say a whole lot much more of this other than the confirmation. But did you see that Disney Plus 
announced every single thing officially that's going to be on the streaming service. I haven't gone to look at the list yet, but I've heard, like, I've seen the headlines and heard the reviews about all the stuff that's on there and how deep cut the selection is for, like, a lot of old Disney stuff, which I saw a list at least a month ago because I remember looking for a couple of, like, specific things on there that, to me, it was after the the thing in uh, Norway... Where was it? Netherlands. In the Netherlands. The Netherlands. It was yeah. after they released it there. I just saw a list of like everything like somebody had pulled off of what they could see there, mm-hmm. and it was already pretty extensive. Now this <clears throat> sounds like it's new, so I'm guessing maybe there's more to this list. So Disney, but the they they did also release a three plus hour commercial. Yes, a over three <laughs> yeah. hour commercial to Poor show Disney every plus. single thing that is yeah. on. The network. Isn't that insane? Which apparently is basically just a giant montage that just keeps going, you know? Yeah, so they... They did this on Twitter, the announcement on Twitter, and it was actually fun because I was following it as it was happening. Oh, cool. They just started this thread... And every... They just kept adding a new tweet to the thread where they were adding a new movie. A new movie. And they were going in date order, like movie release order. So it just kept going... And this thing is, it's unbelievable, man. Um, everything that we talked about before, like all, this is over 600 replies long, this thread is, of them announcing movies. Wow. Nice. And um, everything that we talked about with, uh, as far as like the Marvel stuff goes, all officially confirmed. All the Disney Afternoon stuff, officially confirmed. Gargoyles all the, all the Marvel and culture. everything. Oh. All the Marvel cartoons. All the Marvel all cartoons. All the MCU movies are not right, in it at but all of, at least. yeah, all of those cartoons that we talked about that might be on there, X Men, Spider Man, all the yeah. old stuff. All of it's been confirmed. Uh, yeah, all the Disney Afternoon stuff, including Gargoyles, which was one that everybody yeah. was really hoping for. Uh, but tons of Disney movies are on there too, and that's like. Like, pretty much all of the animated movies you can think about, they're there. All of their sequels are, the are there. there? Um, pretty much, I, I think so. Like, look, I'm like Cinderella. That's here. one of the things I've always wondered about is, like, the vault stuff that they oh, used man. to release. Okay. So. so, like, it starts right off. Like, oh, Snow, Snow White is the first thing that's on the list here. But, like, yeah. Snow White, Pinocchio, Swiss Family Robinson, Fantasia, The Reluctant Dragon, Dumbo, Bambi, nice. Saludos Amigos, Three Caballeros, Fun and Fancy Free, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Cinderella, nice. Treasure Island, Alice in Wonderland. I mean, it just goes and goes and goes. And pretty much everything you can think about, even like these smaller animated films, like DuckTales the movie is on the list. Um, you know, Go- Goof Troop the series, the Goofy movie, um, like, you know, all that stuff's on there. Um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Davy Crockett, I mean, all that stuff. But they've also got like the 90s stuff, like Blank Check was on the list. Do you remember Blank Check? <laughs> that was on the list. I mean, is that the one with Paul Giamatti? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's insane, just the stuff that's on here. I, uh, I was really happy to see things like um, that Tron cartoon series that oh, they tried to do existed. after uh, after uh, the second Legacy. Tron movie came out. Yeah, they did like an animated series. Oh, I didn't even know that. So that's on there. Um, but yeah, also the Tron movies are on there. Uh, uh, what's the, the Black Hole is on yeah, there. nice. Um, so there's a lot of like that kind of stuff that like I've always wanted to watch um, that I'm going to now because now I have access to it. <laughs> I've never seen the black hole, and that's, that's one that insane. I feel like I should see. Yeah, and I'm really happy. I was real happy to see that that's on the list because that's so on my mediocre. I'm sure it is, <laughs> but I want to know. I want to know. Yes, I, well, it's I, like I, I've never seen Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I'm gonna uh, watch I that. Too. I know there was a you string. Know? Of, so there good. was a string of. 
That's that's a good one. Yeah, either Disney or Disney esque, at least like Kurt Russell movies and like the mm-hmm. early eighties and stuff like that. And I think Tom Hanks had a couple too, along those lines, like. Uh, well, uh, computer wore tennis shoes and stuff. That's on there. Say, computer well, wore tennis shoes is on well, there. Well, Kurt Russell came out of the Disney program. He yep. was okay. like, he was like discovered yeah, and the trained. Shaggy dog, and Darby like, O'Gill and the little well, they people. Did, they did a bang up job on that one. Yeah, uh-huh. Journey to the Center of the Earth, Pollyanna, Hundred One Dalmatians, Absent Minded Professor, The Parent Trap, like the old Parent Trap and the modern Parent Trap are on there. Freaky, the Freaky Fridays are on nice. here. I mean, like it's crazy, man. The, the stuff that they're releasing, it's perfect. I mean. I'm so, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm yeah, really excited yeah, about a lot yeah. of this stuff. I just um, want to go watch that commercial. <laughs> uh, I saw some people. Um, <laughs> I, one that'll, of my, be, that'll be awesome for ten minutes, and then you'll be like, Ooh, uh, "Yeah, I know." Right? I got a feeling it's one of those things. To me, it feels like it would be uh, like like hunting through Netflixes to me. Because of all the times I've sat there and I went, oh, I got a solid two hours. I can actually find a movie to watch. And then an hour and forty minutes later, I'm still looking down. Still the looking list for a movie. Going, all right, I'm going I to bed. So I got a feeling that commercial yeah. be like I'd turn that on and go, I just want to watch this for a couple minutes. And two hours and forty five minutes later, I'd go, you know, I'll just finish it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was, so. I was going to say one of one of my friends. That would not happen to me. <laughs> I'll, I'll get nine minutes in and be like, ooh, there's three more hours of this. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I saw I saw one of my friends, uh, Andre, who does a YouTube channel, Black Nerd Comedy, tweeted out earlier. He's like, I'm going to stream myself watching all three hours of this thing. Come join me, everybody. Let's see if I can get through it. Like he was like making it like a yeah. like a stream thing. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. Awesome. I was like, that's how you do it right there. You hang out with a bunch of people online. And you was, he, was he reacting to every new? Yeah, probably. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's it. That's what you got. Oh my god! Cause I would be dead at the end of three hours reacting to every single thing that pops up on a montage. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. What else was there? Something else that we wanted to bring up specifically news wise? Uh, I was I was trying to follow the uh, uh, live tweets of the XFL draft earlier today. <laughs> oh but boy! As it turns out I don't know any of those people. I was so. <laughs> All right, the XFL. Now, I didn't follow the XFL the first time around. I just know that that was Vince McMahon's football. Yeah. And that they tried to do like a – like there wasn't like quite the same kind of rules or there were no yeah, rules. Well, or like, it, it was – I don't know. <laughs> the, old, the only rules – on the field. Yeah. The only and, rules, there's no let, rules. Let seven, seven gladiators is. from each team run out. That sounds it is, amazing. Left. It is equally as funny how wrong that is as how right that is. Yeah, because yeah. that is how part of it felt like. I remember the the very first because they they weren't going to do coin tosses. No coin so tosses. What they, so what they did is they basically just put a football like midfield, and they had two guys, yep. one guy from each team, start at the twenty yard line, and then just rush the balls like playing dodgeball. Whoever gets to it first gets it, Amazing. and that's how you win the coin toss. And one of the best players on one of the teams on the first ever XFL game, right at you know the what would be. The coin toss moment there rushes down the field, jumps on this ball, and immediately hurts himself and is out for the season. Yep. Uh, <laughs> what was the, what was the yeah. other big one? No fair catch was the other yeah, big one. Yeah, right? there was no fair catch. Yeah. Right. Um, so. The the thing that the thing that gets me the the XFL the first time was going to be edgy and dangerous and yeah. so much more exciting and yeah. and 
this time it's no it's a, the family friendly option like it is totally 180 yeah yeah i was gonna yeah, say sure. like it felt like they were presenting this more like just a real this is a real sports thing now well it's like re- it didn't feel that way the first time around even if it was it didn't yeah. feel that way well, well like they weren't gonna, it was the attitude era football it was attitude era yes. football like they weren't gonna penalize <laughs> way to put it. they weren't gonna penalize um Celebration, right? Yeah. Like, like they wanted yeah. the guys to celebrate. Well, they as much let everybody as possible. put whatever they wanted on the back of their jersey, so you didn't have to put your name back there. Oh, yeah, right. He hate me. Put, yeah, he hate exactly. me. Was back there. And th- didn't they also do like skits where they tried to get into the cheerleaders' dressing room and stuff like that they, on the they show? They did some stuff towards they, that. Very, very yeah. WWF like nineties. Fairly recently, yeah. I've watched a Thirty for Thirty on the original XFL, which yeah. is very interesting. Like. I was already interested going in, and it was better than I thought it was going to be. And I listened to a Bruce Pritchard podcast where they talked about it. I saw so that he some, did that. I haven't. Yeah, like I heard some interesting stories from that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, that was like a companion piece of the 33rd. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. But, like, I, I, I did not realize until that uh, 30 for 30 how close of friends uh, Vince McMahon and Dick Ebersol were mm-hmm. or how big of a part Ebersol had in WWE mm-hmm. programming or yeah. WWF programming yep. for a long time. I knew they had partnerships with NBC on stuff, right. but I didn't realize he was like in the back room helping them produce a lot yeah. of stuff for a while there. Hmm. And so there was a lot going for the original run of the XFL, but it was also such a hash together idea. Like it was, I mean, it was the definition of boom or bust. It was either going to make it or it was going to burn hard. And In the first did, two it, weeks. It, it did right. the second thing. Yep. Now, they didn't make it through their entire season, wow. which was like 10 games. And <clears> but didn't they stop it putting thing. it on TV and yeah, stuff? It was, it, yeah. But I mean, that was decided the first two or three like the, in, yeah. within the first month yeah that, that did not they played a full season they also ran that into was several not. like technical <laughs> problems too where it's like i mean they weren't on the verge of making it by any means mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of things that went wrong that didn't have to yeah. you know uh just a lot of weird stuff but there just wasn't it's it always amazes me when you hear behind the scenes stories about something like that how little actual prep there is to it. Yeah. You know, like cuz a lot of that stuff, I mean a lot of that stuff is hashed out ahead of time, but a lot of time they sh- you know they would show up and it's like, "All right, I guess we're going to put on a football game tonight. Let's figure it out." You know, and you're like, "Good, you, I feel like you should have done this a couple of weeks ago." Right. You know. <clears throat> but it's also amazing to me how much cuz I didn't watch NFL football until 10 years after that thing had came and went so i didn't have a picture in my mind of what nfl football used to look like but like now they have these uh like uh sky cams that are just over the field on wires basically that can go over the entire distance and they have these you know guys running around with sideline cams that can get right into stuff they didn't have any of that stuff back in the day the xfl invented all of that or at least a good deal of it now the nfl perfected it yeah like they picked up those ideas and made their presentation way better but it's funny to me to think of how basic NFL games used to look mm-hmm. before McMahon came and everybody made fun of him for his terrible football league. But then they picked up all of his ideas right. and made yeah. their stuff way, way better from it. Yeah. Uh, this time coming around, I, I don't expect a revolution in football. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed because it's funny to me. <laughs> um, but they do, I mean, they got better TV deals coming in this time around. They've got more planning put into place coming this time around. They have been working on this for a solid two plus years. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we did just see, like, they announced the XFL was coming back, like, in 2017 or 18, I yeah. think. And uh, 
then right after they announced that, another group came along and were like, we're going to do another football league too, and we're doing it first. So they announced it after, and then debuted it first, and it tanked immediately and was just an abysmal disaster last season. Um, uh, But the XFL is still pushing forward with its thing. I don't know if this is going to be around in two years or not. I don't picture Vince McMahon failing as hard as he did the first time two times, you know? Like, I don't feel like he would do it unless... (laughs) He knew more going into it this time or had a little bit more. I mean, there's no guarantees on anything. Now, however, he's also older and he's got way more money (laughs) to burn than he did before. So this could be another stab in the dark of him going, man, let me give it one more shot. (laughs) Uh, You know, and it might last three weeks. I don't know. Well, they're pushing the family friendly thing so hard. And like they even aren't they even talking about like player conduct, uh, I don't know contracts if, and stuff like that. Because yeah. well, the the thing I've heard is is you know we're not going to have criminals and exactly. if, uh, you know our players are going to be you're, you're going to know that they're good people type stuff. You yeah. know, like I they're pushing they're pushing that real. hard. Last time I heard stuff about the XFL, they were pushing that real hey, hard. That, yeah, and I, I don't know how. I'm just saying that I don't, seems a little weird coming from a wrestling promoter. Yeah. Just saying. Well, <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how it affects the on field stuff as far as like celebrations or penalties or any of that stuff but definitely on the like player conduct part because yeah. they they did announce pretty early i don't think it's any conviction at all but at least like felony convictions yep. well like you can't come back you won't be allowed in the league if you um are a convicted felon or something, oh, something okay. along those lines yeah. you know? huh. so they're you know they're playing against because you get all that you get all those stories in the nfl where it's like oh this guy's been you know accused of domestic violence but he's still playing next week and then like oh now here's the videotape of the domestic violence okay well now we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll suspend them for, them for four two weeks games. you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so like one of their pushes is like yeah, not, none of that if you are mixed up and stuff like that and i remember even fairly recently i cannot remember who or if he is a felon or just one of those guys that seems to carry baggage with him or what, but like somebody got cut from an NFL team or the NFL in general or something along those lines, and the XFL immediately tweeted out, uh, for the record, we have no interest in this guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> every time somebody leaves a team, immediately it's like, well, he's either going to show up in Canada or right. now, you know, XFL or whatever, you know, any week now, and the XFL was like, nope, not here. <laughs> not here. You know? Oh, that's crazy. So, uh, it'll be real interesting to see. My, yeah. my, my guess is pass or fail, it won't be much of a splash right away, regardless. Right. Uh, I think it'll be looked at as an overwhelming success if they get a second season. So I think that's probably kind of the goal is like, let's not do anything too fancy this time around. Let's just survive yeah. and see what happens. But uh, it, you know, it'll be interesting to find out. But as of right now, it's just a big bunch of names that I've never heard of from schools that, I, that sound made up. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. schools that sound uh, but but it'll be interesting okay. if you're into sports or wrestling at all i will probably just be watching from the sidelines pun intended but <laughs> all right uh so one of the things that we haven't really talked i don't i think we had a no, maybe we didn't have a podcast before this came out, but it came out right after the last time we recorded. Um, I haven't seen this yet, but you guys got a chance to see the new Joker movie. And I'm, I've seen there's been a ton of buzz about this movie online. It seems mostly positive, um, but a lot of people are talking about this movie. And I know you guys probably want to talk about it. Um, I still plan to go see it. 
should I duck out of this conversation for a little bit? Are you guys going to spoil a bunch it, of stuff? Well, or we don't have to. It, it doesn't feel to me like there's. It's really a movie you can spoil too much of. Like I don't like I don't remember any huge revelations that would have ruined the movie for me. It's more in style and tone, okay, and presentation. However, if you want to duck out for a few minutes, it's not going to hurt anything either. <laughs> so it's totally okay. up to you. I think I am going to do that just because I want to go into it totally clean. I've okay. I've tried to avoid everything online about it, other than just general chit chat and everything. I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to see it, but well, when we're, I want to see When we're it. done, we'll scream into the microphones as loud as we can. <laughs> so that you know to come yeah, or you can just text me or something. I'll just go in the other room with my phone. So I'll be right back, guys, and these guys are going to talk about Joker. Is he gone? I think he's gone. So, so Dan is the worst at podcasting, right? <coughs> I took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, probably not the worst. There's, yeah, oh. I am okay. the worst right now. Yeah, are you dying? What's it happening right now? Involves talking. Apparently, I'm just going to talk about Joker. So I saw Joker. Smart. And, uh... Smart. <laughs> oh, oh, Joker. So, yeah, can he still hear us? I can't even. I, tell. I'm sure they can still hear <clears throat> us. So, John. Yeah. The news on Joker. I feel like there's. I feel like there's two camps on Joker. Yeah. There's there's people that love it. And they seem to be all like uh, industry people, <laughs> right? Like everybody. Well, it, everybody who likes movies loves the movie. Dan, Dan even mentioned like uh, all the positive buzz going in. I don't know how to read the buzz on this movie because before it actually hit theaters, when it was making the uh, like festival runs and yep. and all that stuff. All of the critical buzz was through the roof. This mm-hmm. was the best movie of the year. This was an Oscar contender right away. Everyone was adored it. And then I feel like right when, like right like the week that it got released, right as the full range of critical reviews is coming out, right before the people actually get to go see it, all of a sudden a bunch of critics just started panning it pretty hard. And there seems to have been a... a... Like you said, like it was pretty critically acclaimed, and everybody liked it at the festivals and everything. But then when it came out, the media decided that it's the worst thing. Yeah, you know, and and, yeah. and it's getting a lot of that. Oh, this is gonna, <coughs> you know, this is gonna cause imitators and yeah, you know, it's incite violence. Incite violence. Uh, I heard somebody call it a um, what they call it an incel handbook. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what that. <laughs> what that means i mean yeah. i know i know what an incel is i don't know why yeah this, yeah, this isn't a guidebook for i don't i don't even know what that phrase means yeah yeah you know? uh and that and that's the weird thing because like i feel like i mean you're right like it's like the media turned on it and didn't tell the critics ahead yeah. of time or whatever yep. you know uh except and, for and the I, few they own well yeah um probably more than a few <laughs> but uh it got some flack because of the violence aspect and it got some flack because of the potential for like mass incidents mm-hmm. because there were like you know the, the theater in Aurora where the right. shooting took place at the Dark Knight didn't yeah. even play it and there was concern that there were going to be copycat um, shooters right. throughout other movies which I don't I don't exactly know how that news came together. I, like, it's sensitive subject, so I don't want to be like, all oh, these people are stupid. I just don't fully understand. I mean, other than the Batman connection, 
Yeah. That then this movie well, doesn't have a Batman. The last movie wasn't a Joker movie. There's right. been other Batman movies since then. Now this one does have a, a darker subject matter that goes along those lines, but I didn't hear of any actual threats or anything like that. Yeah. I just heard everybody was kind of ramping up security, which made sense. Right. And they did that and then there weren't any incidences, but I don't know why that made a bunch of news outlets that haven't seen it turn against it right. when all the critics had liked it ahead of time. I don't, I, I, I don't know what the inciting incident was that made that happen. Yeah. It just all seemed to like everything just switched one day. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it uh, – I mean, I feel, I feel like to, to me, like, I mean, the switch was pretty clear like when it came out. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I guess I kind of assumed that, like, people had seen it at that point and they were like, well, this is an easy target. Um, but – who knows? Yeah. So let's talk about the movie. Okay. Uh, well, it, yeah, I'm, I'm two weeks from having seen this thing, and mm-hmm. I'm still sort of processing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expected it to be my least favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Definitely isn't that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I exactly fall into the camp of having really liked it mm-hmm. either. Uh, it was exactly what I would have wanted a Joker origin story to be in that it didn't tie into anything that I would know of as a Batman story exactly. Right. Like it had all the similar characters, but I kept expecting it to like lead into something that I've seen before. Like they'd have the connection between that and you know the, like, the oh, bail. Look, this is the yeah. Yeah, you know, something along those lines. And it and it it really treated its itself as its own thing. And I can objectively view it as a movie that is basically just an Elseworlds story where, as far as I'm concerned, Batman doesn't ever even have to exist in this universe. Yeah. This can just be this story. And on that level, there are parts I liked and parts I didn't like. Right. It was better made than I would have given it credit for, but mm-hmm. I still don't necessarily know that I liked exactly where it went. Yeah. Um. It was very well acted. To a, you know, well, Joaquin Phoenix was very good. I don't know that anybody else particularly <sighs> stood out to me. Um, and and there were there were ideas that I thought were neat in association with a Joker character that doesn't matter to me. <laughs> That's the best way I can say it. Okay, like one of the deals when they start setting up the character and they start setting up his uh, kind of his mental background. And he has had some sort of traumatic brain injury that has led him to have this condition where, uh, like, he laughs when he's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want a, a that in my Joker that's fighting Batman in right. my comic book movie. Right. But that's a very interesting take on a Joker type character. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I like that idea. I don't need, I don't need to see that ever again. Yeah. But that was interesting and neat. Yeah doesn't make the movie great but that's just like an example of one of those things where it's like oh i like that conceptually Mm. but i'm not sold on this as i don't know it's such a weird thing for me because i really like that character so much but i like that character in the comic book movies in in its association with batman in all of that stuff and so i have to basically like try to look at this movie in a way where i rip all of that stuff out and just watch this for what it is and so on the one hand no i didn't hate it and i really expected it to uh, on the other hand, man, I got to work really hard to even accept this movie as a movie, and I shouldn't have to work this hard at my entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's the thing, and I, I'm I, we 
talked before we went in and I told you um, I really didn't did not want to like this movie. Yeah. Um, I tried to watch it pretty objectively. And, and I think I succeeded in that because all the reasons that I didn't like this movie are not the reasons I assumed I was going <laughs> to not like this movie. Um, so that's my, I, I didn't, I, two weeks removed the night of, we talked a lot about it. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't sure how I felt about the movie. Um, doing a lot of, as, as I considered it and let it, you know, marinate in my brain and turn things over. Um, I, I've decided that I don't like the movie. Um, it is not a bad watch. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not a bad movie to watch, um, but I don't like it. And a big a big part of it is is like you said, um, I have to start stripping things away in order to watch that movie. Um, and you know, am I opposed to them making? New Jokers and different origins and different stories like that. Uh, no, I'm not. But you know, you're you're tackling a character that comes with baggage. Yes. You know, and yeah, so right. so you don't get to you don't get to make that movie and then be like, well, you can't look at it that way. You know, like yeah. you know, like no, you made a movie about the Joker. I don't like that Joker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, like that's no, like that's it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't like the portrayal, you know, I, I want to bring up, uh, I don't like the idea of portraying a man with mental illness going on a murder spree, you know. Um, I thought that I was going to dislike the taxi driver version of the Joker. Um, I, I didn't, the way they worked that in, I didn't have a problem with any of the, like, oh, society attacks him and let him down and, you know, Society pushed him to this. Yeah. Um, where they worked that those ideas in didn't bother me. Um, as much, yeah. I mean, they really they they really didn't bother me. Um, but I don't like, you know, I I did I I don't want the Joker who is like I spend most of that movie feeling bad for him and like that's not. Yeah, what I yeah, want in my yeah, Joker, for sure, for sure, <laughs> you know for sure. what I mean. And that's, um, that's, that's, he's, you know, it's not he's not a dangerous psychopath. He's not, you know, he's just like like for most of the movie, he's just this guy being, you know, falling apart and failing to deal with his mental illness. And it's like, you know, I don't I don't want to see this guy go on a murder spree. I want to see somebody get this guy some help. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the movie they wanted to make. Maybe. I don't want that movie to star the Joker. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> you know? like, what am I saying? Like, because if I look at this as you know uh, a new version of Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. it plays pretty well. If I look at it as an expose on, um, you know, mental health in general, it doesn't play very well at all. Mm. Uh, if you look at it in all of these ways, you can you can pull different things out of it. Uh, and, and in and of itself, the fact that I sat there for two hours, didn't hate it, you know, was entertained, I guess. But like, I, 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 there are four or five different versions of what that movie is in my head right now. And in and of itself, that's kind of interesting to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that I'm still thinking about it and still haven't made a decision on some of those things. Right. It, it, there is merit to the watchability there. 
Mm-hmm. So like you said, like it's not a bad watch because you can you can get things out of it, but I still like none of those movies do I love. Right. You know, a couple of them I hate. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of them <laughs> I, I'm fine with, and a couple of them are pretty interesting. But it, it's amazing to me that I can pull that many things out of one movie. Now, part of it is the baggage of the character, part of it is the baggage I brought in, and part of it is the baggage of the movie itself. Mm-hmm. And they blend together real weird. Um, there's a lot of that. Uh, I don't have a huge problem with the... I, I don't like the portrayal in the sense that you know, mentally ill people are a pack of pills away from becoming mass murderers. Right. I don't mind it in the story of like this, you know, that's how this guy got to where he is. But the way they play some of the images he has, uh, I don't know what parts of that movie were real and what weren't. Yeah. Because some of the things I really dislike are like when it gets to the end, basically they're, you know, he, uh, you know, we're in spoiler territory, I think everybody knows. Um, he goes on live television and um, murders this talk show host yeah. played by Robert De Niro. And then when they are taking him to jail afterwards, there's riots in the street. Everybody's dressed up as a clown because he's like this folk hero. Yeah. Um, well, he had already gained, so he had already gained that recognition for yeah. killing those guys on the subway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so there's this notoriety of this clown killer and how the right. clown killer is fighting back against the system and all of the, you know, the downtrodden yeah. in Gotham are rising up and taking yeah. poor know, against the rich. Clown, yeah, clown masks and right. exactly going through that level. And so, like when he's as he's getting driven by the police away, there's an accident, and then the you know the masses pull him out and are basically cheering him and revering him as this hero. And man, I don't like that at all. Except also, I don't know if any of that really happened. Like even in the movie, because there's long sections of this movie i mean there's there's a pseudo love story in the middle of the movie that Mm -hmm. i i think they mean it as a reveal yeah where none of it actually happened except you already know for full well none of it was really happening um there's like you know he does a comedy set uh that you know starts off awkward and then ends up you know getting some positive reactions and stuff like that that's all in his head all of his reactions are terrible because his jokes are terrible because he can't get them out so there's a lot of things that kind of happen in this movie that then you find out didn't really happen at all. And so when I look at that end, because I know like walking out, the end made me super uncomfortable because I'm like, even even in a Joker movie that is just its own thing, just about the Joker, I don't want him being the hero, you know, or the or the thing that the people, right, you know, uh, build up as as a you know a focal point or a savior or anything along mm-hmm. those lines. But then when I think about it more and I go. But but I don't know that they did any of that stuff. I mean, yeah. for all I know, he killed Robert De Niro and then went straight to the to the, <laughs> to uh, the uh, asylum. asylum you know? right. Or also, maybe he didn't even kill Robert De Niro. Yeah, I I don't know for sure what did and didn't happen when he gets to that point. So yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I I feel like a lot of that stuff had to have really happened. Otherwise, there's especially no point to that movie <laughs> you know like like man if if none of that happened then that that movie was and that movie yeah. was just us in his delusion mm, well I that's think, that's pretty I, I think, i'm pretty mad about that I, I i would say like i mean i think the de niro part's a stretch i think that happened i think most of the personal deaths you know they they make allusion to him killing the would-be girlfriend that probably happened yeah they show him killing his mother that right. i'm sure happened the the, the riot part 
I'm real mixed on. I, I would have a feeling that at least the you know sort of riot yeah. itself was probably going on. I don't know that there was a moment that he got pulled out and held up above the crowd. Um, because they just kind of cut from that to him being in the asylum, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I kind of think maybe that part at least, like, because all the part, all the things that are in his head are him winning and him being a hero of some sort or a center point, a focal point of some sort. He's performing well in front of a crowd. He's mm-hmm. gaining the attention of a girl. Um, Robert De Niro is treating him as a, as a, as a, as a son, you know, all these things that are focused on him turn out to not be real. Right. So I kind of feel like maybe this one where, you know, they pull him from the wreckage and they're all cheering him maybe isn't either. Yeah. But I think that, you know, but when he did bad stuff, he got the recognition, you know what I mean? Um, all this stuff that was delusional was when he was trying to do the right thing. Um, when he does bad things, he gets the recognition that he craves. Yeah. Uh, you know, when he murders the guys on the on the bus, um, <clears throat> you know, then he gets that. Uh, even, you know, even when he's at work and some of the guys are kind of picking on him, um, when he ignores them, you know, when, when he just kind of laughs along and pretends that, oh, yeah, it's funny that you're making fun of me, he walks in, um, gets reprimanded by his boss. You know, when he kind of tells everybody, you know, where to stick it, <laughs> you know, uh, they kind of respect him and some of his friends come to check on him. Type, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like when he's doing the wrong thing, he's getting the recognition that he deserves. So I've kind of feel like that movie has to like the part where he's held up at the end after killing who is essentially Johnny Carson right yeah. in that universe. Um, shoots him on Except live a television, jerk. a jerk. Johnny Carson. Well, total jerk. And everyone in this movie is a jerk. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, there's no, except for, uh, the neighbor. Yeah. The neighbor, yeah, the, the uh, would be love interest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what's, what's her name? Cause I like, I like her a lot. Zazzy she's, Beats. Zazzy Beats. Yeah. yeah. From the Creed movies. <laughs> um, she's great. And she's the only good redeemable person in the, in the movie. Yeah. Um, maybe cause we don't even get to know her cause everything we know about her turns out to be delusional. Yeah. Also true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, and that's and that's kind of the thing. So, like, I feel like that has to be, like, that needs to be real at the end, yeah. not his delusion. Um, and that's kind of the only, the only thing I find interesting about the movie, um, is like that that juxtaposition. You know what I mean? And because there 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 is a lot. You know, we're, we're kind of starting to see a lot play out and like the uh, cultural inequality, not cultural, um, socioeconomic yeah. inequality. Right. Um, but we still have so many like heroes that are like rich men. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, Batman, super billionaire. Tony Stark, super billionaire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, the only thing about this movie that is kind of interesting to me in the end is the idea of switching that. And, you know, because we do kind of get, you know, we don't we don't get Batman or Bruce Wayne being a jerk rich guy, but we do get Thomas Wayne being yeah, a jerk yeah. rich guy through the whole thing. Which, which was an interesting departure, too, because most of the time when you have, you know, the, the Thomas Wayne memory in most Batman stories is this very benevolent, you know, person yep. that the, did a lot for the city and the city 
appreciated him and whatever. And the and the Thomas Wayne in this movie is just an absolute jerk. Yeah, uh, runs down the city inhabitants, you know, mm-hmm. um, calls them all clowns, yeah, stuff like that. Yep. Uh, is irredeemable. Like the couple of personal interactions he has, you, you, he's he's somewhere between. Uh, you know, a distasteful person to run into and the absolute worst. Right. And some of that runs the gamut of seeing him from the Joker's perspective yep. and, and the, the storyline they go through because, which is another thing I thought was an interesting take that, you know, like, I don't love it. I was like, I'm not like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But I was like, ah, neat. Uh, because they run this part where the Joker's mother has, Joker's convinced mother. herself that she, that she is well, like well had an affair with Thomas Wayne and, yeah. that, and that her son is actually Thomas Wayne's son. Right. So you get this kind of dichotomy of like, oh, so he's really Batman's brother. Yep. Which in a Batman movie, I would get up and leave. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but in this weird Elseworlds thing, it's another one of those where I go, I don't love that, but interesting. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I like it a little bit more when they turn around and make your make you pretty sure that none of it is true because right. his mother was delusional also. Uh, no, they, they pretty explicitly, because he finds the paperwork that is says he was adopted. He finds his, pa- his, yeah. his adoption paperwork. Yeah. So but I thought they said, because they, they, sh- they show a picture at one point also that's like to his mother that's like signed like TW or... Or something like that. Well, she did. She did work there. Yeah, you know what I mean. That she did work. T- I, I took it as because he goes to the, you know, he, he goes and confronts Wayne, and Wayne's like, "Yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah, you were you were adopted. Your mom was crazy, and she we had the fire because she was abusing you and letting yeah. the boyfriend do whatever." And he goes to the asylum and steals her paperwork and, yeah. and finds yeah. his adoption paperwork. And I, and I took it as one of those things where like it was like. It's it it was all delusional on her right. part, but there was just that like one percent sliver of a door left open. Maybe you know, yeah. I, I don't remember <laughs> the door you're talking about. <laughs> but, that, that picture, yeah. basically. Okay. Well, know? I don't remember yeah. the scene with that picture yeah. where it was the context of it. So yeah. So I forgot where we were. Leading up with, oh, we're just talking about you know, Thomas yeah. Wayne being such a jerk. Yeah, well, I, I, I was saying like like seeing that dichotomy switch to where like okay, you know, if we're gonna switch and look at you know the one percent as the bad guys, that makes the Joker you know sort of this cult hero that Batman always would have become. Like like seeing that play out opposite to what we expect is kind of like you know I kind of see that as like the only interesting thing in the movie yeah you know overall so like i'm not interested in all the rest of that (laughs) you know and i don't i don't i don't ever want to see a sequel to it i don't ever want to see batman in this universe i don't want any of that uh at the end of the day for a movie i expected to be to be the stupidest thing i had seen was the last DC movie that came out? <laughs> uh, I think I liked, liked the last one. Yeah, yeah, Aquaman was good. So, Wonder Woman was good. Well, in a movie that I expected to be the stupidest thing I had seen in quite a while, and 
downright unwatchable. Yeah. I got through watching it, and I left with some interesting thoughts. I don't know if that's a positive review exactly. I don't right. feel like I really like this movie. I do feel like I didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. I'm still caught in kind of the middle. So I would say, I mean, I can't recommend it as a must-watch by any means if you're into comic book movies in general or right. DC characters or you just want something that you can sit back and dissect mm-hmm. I think it's worth watching I will say like I know I've I've seen um, I think it was Todd Phillips saying something about you know like this was his chance to like turn a comic book movie like to sneak a comic sneak a real movie into comic book yeah movie. it's not that it's not, it's that. not that it is basically not that. what it is it's like two or three different distinct things that you've already seen before meshed yeah. into one that doesn't exactly work right but could have been worse i guess well it's it's it, it is well made i i feel like so it's not a slog mm-hmm. to watch and it is interesting it is it is a movie that that could make you think um but it just it it just comes up a little short on everything that it wants to be that everything that it could be yeah um you know if it's a and and you kind of hit on this so i'm just kind of wrapping us up i guess (laughs) um you know if if it's a comic book movie it's not a comic book movie, and it's not a good comic book movie. Yeah. If it's a, um, you know, what a, a taxi driver fighting back against a corrupt, disappointing society or whatever, right? It's not a very good that movie. If it's an expose on mental illness and, you know, the system of, you know, how the system of mental illness lets people down, it is not a good movie for that movie, you know, it is so it like it fails on everything that it could be pretty completely, you know, <laughs> like as, as a whole, <coughs> maybe it'll make you think. And if you want to spend two weeks deciding whether or not you like a movie <laughs> must see if you want to go and have an experience. Um, yeah, you can probably find something better regardless of what experience you're looking for. Yeah, and I think that's it. Like, I mean, if you've got if you've got to see anything that's got the Joker in it, you could you could have done worse. Yeah. with this movie, but um, I, I don't know. I yeah, I guess <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like it deser- de- delivers well on the Joker either. Um, I don't think. Well, I, I mean, think I don't think a lot. Any, like, no, it'll be nobody's favorite version of the Joker ever. Yeah. Um. And and you know what? Hot take. I don't think uh, I don't think Jacqueline Phoenix did all that great. I don't think I don't think his acting was. I thought he did very well. I I think he did perfectly adequate. I I don't think it was anything revelatory. I won't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would definitely give him props coming out. But I mean, that's you know that's not a Meh. that's a that, that's a subjective argument we could go yeah. on for for <laughs> forty five minutes and bore right. everyone. But uh, right. I I would definitely. I would give him praise. I would give Todd Phillips praise for, you know, crafting a well-made movie. But it just, like I said, it doesn't, doesn't work on enough levels yeah. to matter. Now, again, having said that, and part of the reason I like it as much as I do 
which doesn't feel like the right way to say that. <laughs> Dislike it as little as I do, yeah. however you would say that. Yeah. Uh, man, my, I mean, my expectations could not have been... I mean, my expectations were uh, Rob Zombie Halloween low. Ooh. Like, they were down there. And it is <laughs> a billion times better than that. Um, but that still doesn't pull yeah. it into the realm of Be great. Good, yeah. yeah. By any means, so... Uh, but man, uh, real interesting. And if you guys have any opinions on you know those scenes we brought up, um, yeah, you know how you think comment it went below. Down. Let us know what you think. Yeah, whether or not Joaquin Phoenix did any good or not, whether or not um, you know any of it really happened or it was all in his head, any of that stuff, uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, don't just don't tag Danny in him because he hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so. What's our next topic while we're waiting for... Uh... I don't know. Is Danny, is Danny coming so, back? Oh, there he is. We there found him. Is. Did you hear it all? Did you just, I, did you just hear everything anyway? Did you put headphones on? How's it on? going, guys? I hope Welcome back. I hope you didn't talk about how bad at podcasting I am. <laughs> no, we never even never. came up. We oh, that's never. good. Good. Yeah. That's good. Why that's good. Would they, why would that yeah. even... I don't know. It's a fear of mine. Uh. Every time I leave a room, I'm like, I hope people don't think I'm bad at podcasting. <laughs> 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 do you worry about like even when you're yeah, not just all podcasting? The time. Yeah, just like, all the time. It's we walk out of your boss's con- office at work. <laughs> yeah, I hope, yeah. You, I hope she doesn't think I'm bad at podcasting. <laughs> I always, you know, I assume I'm fine at it because you guys keep letting me come back. But then I think maybe I just make you guys look good. <laughs> you'll so, never has know. He, has he never seen the edited you'll, version you'll, where <laughs> I slice out all his? <laughs> you're not actually in the final cut of I any cut, podcast, I John. I, sh- I shift the camera so it's just me and Danny, and then I cut. That would be an in- intense be amount of work to do every so single time it, to cut yeah. John completely out of the show every time. Well, I don't know. I wanted to. I wanted. I wanted to call BS on that, but I don't. I don't watch it. <laughs> he has no proof <laughs> that we don't do that. Awesome. Well, before we uh, close things out for the day, did we want to talk a little bit about the Genesis Mini? We yeah, brought that up on the better. last episode. So, yeah. yeah we should borrow, talk. borrowed mine all for the weekend. All of our geek users <laughs> are... You, uh, while, you bother, while, while, while you were borrowing my kid. Yes, I was going to say, <laughs> I borrowed your kid for the weekend. The Genesis came with him. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, where do you guys want to start? I didn't get a ton of time with it, uh, but I watched it a lot. I watched a lot of video games. It was cool. The kids were playing it all weekend long, which was real fun to watch them uh, experience a lot of those old games. Um, So I got to see a lot of what the system has to offer, which was really cool. And I got to really go through and show them what games would be good for two players a lot. So they played a whole bunch of Streets of Rage games, which was real fun to watch them play the Streets of Rage games. Um, cause I don't think Connor had turned that one on yet. No, he so he was like, Oh, I hadn't seen this one yet when I showed yeah. it to him. And I was like, you guys can play this one at the same time. It's yeah. perfect. And he's been all about it since. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's right. Cause they Love played that. that they played that a lot while they were here. I think it was two is the one that they really like streets of rage two, which I think is the one that like most people consider like the best of the series. That's the only one on there. Oh, it is the only one on there. Okay. All right. Well, that would make sense. Far and away the best of the series. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they played that a whole bunch and that was real fun to watch them play. Um, over the weekend, I also got the, uh, Ninja Turtles arcade one up machine. Nice. Uh, which is awesome on its own. So I got to put that together and play it, but it was really funny because at one point, the kids asked if they could play that. 
So I let them play that, and then I started playing the Genesis finally. Because <laughs> that was literally like the only time I had an in to like get on the system and start playing it. Um, so the first thing I did on there, uh, the only thing I really played is I went straight to Mega Man The Wily Wars. Yep. Just because I have never played it, and I wanted to see it. I wanted to play Mega Man on a Genesis system, since I'm, I'm a big fan of those games. And um, we talked about that a little bit on here before, but essentially it's like a 16-bit remake of Mega Man... One, One, two, two and three. three. And then if you beat all three of them, there's like extra new stuff yep. on there. Like there's a whole new game or something on there. Um, so I went ahead and started with just Mega Man 1 and played through not all the bosses, but I got through most of the bosses on there. Um, it is quite a different experience. Yeah. Um, playing with the Genesis controller feels weird yeah, for a Mega yep, Man game. And the controls are not as tight. Um, no. They're definitely a little wonky um, and don't quite like Mega Man is a series of games that is very heavy on platforming and it requires like very tight controls to be able to do the, the platforming that's required in those games. Mm-hmm. And those controls just don't work as good on this Genesis version as uh, the NES games that I'm used to picking up and just playing at any time. So it's almost like you have to adjust to the way this controller feels and the way your character moves. Um, so it's a little weird because like you go into this game that is clearly a game that you know how to play, that you've yeah. done a million times, but then things aren't quite working the way you want them to work. <laughs> so it's like you have to learn it a different way to get through it, and that's kind of what I was struggling with uh, on there. Also, I noticed that some of the bosses felt like um, they were a little more complicated. I, I think the only one I can specifically speak to is uh, Cutman, because Cutman is one that is he's weak to Gutsman's powers because he's got the two blocks in the room that you can just pick him throw at him. But he's always been one that I can just go to right away as Mega Man and plow through him no problem because he's pretty weak to the regular Mega Buster. But in the Genesis game, it took like way more hits to take him down with the regular Mega Buster. Like it actually took me a lot of tries. So they've definitely tweaked some things and are a little bit different. And it's crazy how in depth I'm getting on a Mega Man <laughs> game review right now. But I, I I think it looks really cool to see those games remade in 16-bit graphics. Mm-hmm. The music sounds really awesome through like the Genesis sound chip. Yeah. I thought that was really cool, like hearing a different version of those classic. Uh, level themes. Yeah. Um, so I actually had a lot of fun with it, and I'm really looking forward to like getting the system myself and like trying to plow through that game entirely because I want to. I want to beat that one all the way, and I want to see the extra stuff that's yeah. on there. So yeah. it was fun. I didn't. I didn't readily notice as big a control difficulties you did. I played the Mega Man's for a little while for the same reason. I just kind of wanted to run through. That. Yeah. Um, and Connor's played them quite a bit, but I don't think he would notice the. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, in the first place, Uh, mostly what I've played thus far has been Sonic, and you know those controls are left, right, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so like Uh not a lot of that. But I've really enjoyed kind of going back through that game on there. Um, I've also gotten, um, you know, been playing Streets of Rage with him since he's come home back home with it. And uh, went through some Altered Beast right away. Oh, heck yeah. One of the first things I remember from the Altered Beast yeah. systems was Altered Beast. And so that's been fun. And uh, I know the kids have played those Mickey games. Uh-huh. They uh, were playing that one. They also. Yeah. Such a bad game. You don't like the <laughs> no, Castle the, of Illusion game no. and everything? Really? <laughs> yeah. 
I had never played them. I don't think like, I, I thought I had until I saw yeah. until I saw them being played. And I was like, I don't remember. Like I remember the boxes vividly. Yeah. But I don't remember that gameplay like that much at all. But they look like I mean fairly standard platformers. They they look fun enough, but fairly standard. I don't enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> I so I I feel. I've, Sonic Spinball. Connor was playing that a little bit too. Hey, how bad is that Tetris? Have you played that Tetris? Uh-huh. Such a bad uh-huh. version of Tetris. <laughs> really? Yeah. The uh, one the that bummer. was never actually the, released. Yeah, I can yeah. see why it was never released. <laughs> um, I don't understand how you make a bad version of Tetris, but it play it. It's yeah. tough to explain. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not it's arguing with explain. you. I'm just trying well, to. So I also have this other experience um, because I I, I I got on and started mine, and I was just going to play through. Each game, a little bit like in six, like I just started the top of the menu and just started playing through. Um, and we talked on the podcast how my favorite game is the Earthworm Jim. Oh how, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much I was looking forward to having Earthworm Jim again and being able to play it. Yeah, I've not started it yet. Oh yeah. So there's there's two things going on. Uh, you mentioned the controls not feeling tight. And I have felt that way with all the games. Really? I, I've definitely feel... Now, I can't decide if that is because the controls are loose mm-hmm. um, or if it's just been so long since I played a Genesis, I forgot what the controls are like. I think there might be a little bit of both going on there, honestly. Um, so, I was not a Sega kid. Right. I was a Nintendo kid. I have always felt like the Genesis controls felt a little slippery compared to the NES controls. Now, obviously, that varies by game because not not every Nintendo game has tight controls either. But, like, usually the Nintendo-made ones specifically always feel real good. And a lot of the Capcom ones always felt real good. I always felt that Genesis controller itself felt weird to me Mm -hmm. and some of the controls did. Um, I, I know a lot of... People that grew up as Sega kids probably feel different differently. See, because I, um, I was yeah. a Sega kid, yeah. And the instant I put my hands on that, yeah, one, see, it and was like I'm home. I know, I cannot, and I, you know, because it's, it's not even the one. Um, because I, I, I have you got me the other one of the, the like the at games one, the at yes. games mini, yeah. Um, that is not a Genesis controller. It right. is like it's got the six buttons and it's mm-hmm. you know it's. Uh, almost Genesis controller. It's not a Genesis controller. This was a three button D pad, you know, Genesis controller. And the instant I touched it, I was like, I'm 14 again. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's, see, that's cool. And I'm I've home. seen a lot of people yeah. say that. And I will say that like this controller itself feels good. Like it feels like a legitimate Sega yeah. Genesis controller. Yep. Um, and, uh, so that part of it, like, yeah, I totally would get. And if maybe if I grew up with that controller, I would feel differently about it. But I've always kind of felt that way about the Genesis controller anyway, just because I don't think I played it a whole lot as a kid. I didn't. I The only time I experienced the Genesis really as a kid um, was my cousin had a Sega Genesis. So anytime I was over at his house, uh, I would want to turn on Aladdin over there and play his version of Aladdin. Such a good game. Um, and, and it's different than the Super <laughs> Nintendo one. They're two yeah. completely different yep. games. So like I always, I had the Super Nintendo and I wanted to play his version of Aladdin because you had a sword in that game and I wanted to use the sword, you know, yep. stuff like that. Or uh, I remember him having Sonic 3D Blast and I, I remember liking that quite a bit over there. So I didn't play it a whole lot. Aside from when I was visiting him. So most of my experience with the Sega Genesis is as an adult retro game collector and having that stuff now. Yeah. Um, So I have a bit of a different perspective on it, I guess. However, uh, as far as the lag goes, 
I have seen reports that there is a little bit of a lag that isn't present in the original hardware. And that's one of those things that is really tough to, when you're playing with ROMs and stuff like that, it's hard to completely Mm. eliminate lag. Like there's always going to be a little bit of that there. And I don't think it's like really bad. And it's definitely not game breaking because most people don't notice it. It's small enough that most people don't even notice that it's different than the game they had on their original system as a kid. But there is a slight difference from some of the videos I've watched. Well, what I'm comparing it to is I do have like one of the collection discs for the PlayStation uh-huh. that I play on my PlayStation 3. Uh-huh. And all the controls on that feel really tight. Okay. And okay. really tight you, and clean. Yeah. So, you know, now I don't know. You know, I, I've never known like, well, you know, they kind of cleaned some of this up for the PlayStation 3. You know, they, I mean, obviously they had to to put it onto a disc because none of these. I was going to say, is it the before. difference between the PS3 controller and the Genesis controller? Maybe just because those are like very different feeling buttons, even between I mean, those two controllers. I mean, to play the games, and because, I love because I love the PlayStation controllers. That's yeah, one of my favorite yeah, controllers. Yeah, for sure. But there, but there's very there's several games that are like, well, I mean, they're that are repeated. You know, yeah. Um, Streets of Rage 2. Yeah. I play, I the play Sonics. That, I play, the yeah. Sonics. You yeah. Know? Those those controls are, are tighter. There's less lag. They're a little easier. I don't think it's the controller. Uh-huh. I think it's the interface, the system, whatever. Okay. Okay. Um, now, I don't I don't know that for sure. I don't know that. You know, I, I, I didn't go and play on PlayStation 3 in my room and then run out to the living room and play the mini <laughs> to compare. You know what and, I mean? Yeah. And do, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I know when I play it on the place when I played it on the PlayStation Three, I went this is just like this is a Friday night. Yeah, I just got done at middle school. You know, you know what I mean. Um, when I'm playing the when I'm playing the mini, I'm going, was I always this bad? What's going on? Uh. This, is, this is way harder than I remember. Um, I still played a bunch of those games. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going through a thing though where like I'm. I, I won't let myself turn on Earthworm Jim yet because I'm trying to reacclimate myself. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. yep. You know, so I'm, I'm right. I'm playing all these other games to try and get myself back in the groove of playing a Sega. Yeah. Before I go to play my yeah. <laughs> my Holy Grail games. So and we have uh, we we have played some two player Toe Jam and Earl. Man, that game is so '90s or than I remember. Ugh. I don't like Toe Jam and Earl. Um, I never played that one as a kid at all. I remember playing that one for the first time when I first bought my Wii. Because uh, it was one of the first games they put on the virtual console. And I bought it because I was like, I've never played Toe Jam and Earl. I'm going to play it. And I hated it. I did not understand what I was supposed to be doing. And just, I don't know. One for me, man. One <laughs> for me. It's, yeah. it's a game. I, I dig it. But there's a lot of weird nuances to it. Yeah. It, it, it is. You know. Um, Maybe I need to give it a second chance. Well, you should you should give it a second chance. You should play it with somebody. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a better two-player game. It's a better two-player okay. game. Uh, it's also, you know, one of the main things I find that you have to adjust to. Like, you're meant to use the presence. Okay. Uh, for me... I'm I'm a game hoarder, like yes. anyway. Same here. You know, so like like any anything I pick up, any special items I get, um, I'm like, gotta save that. There's yeah. gonna be a there's gonna be a time when I need I this and I can't what use you mean. it. I know what you yep. mean. Yeah. Um, and the Toe Jam and Earls. Now, a, a lot of it is finding where you're supposed to use what. 
Um, but you are you're also there's there's a bunch that you're just meant to use because you know what I mean. Like yeah. that's part of the game is in, instead of hobbling over for forty five minutes to get across the eight pixel, you know, or eight screen wide thing. Yeah, you're supposed to use the sneakers and run across it. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, like, gotcha. That, at least that's been my experience when I was. That's what I remember. Okay. I'm gonna have to give it yeah. another go yeah. sometime for sure. Um, it's not a it's not a super great game. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's you're not like missing like, out on a classic. It is it is fun for what it is yeah. because it especially like at the time it came out, I don't think you saw many things that were quite that irreverent, especially mm-hmm. in video games. Yeah. You know? So in this one, like you're just these weird aliens, and they're hitting you with like the you know 16 bit version of what they think hip hop is. Uh, you know, Man. on the soundtrack, Man. and you know, you got this weird map, and these two weird guys who were making these dumb jokes, and then you've got sneakers that make you run fast, and then you walk up to uh, you know this weird blob that is wearing a witch's hat, and it'll heal you, and you don't even know what's going to happen until it attacks you, you know, and then you right. find out that it's good, and then you're walking, and there's all of a sudden there's just a hula girl, and now your character can't move for a minute because it's doing the hula dance. Like you just didn't see stuff like that. It was like everything that happened next was goofy. Now, once you've seen it happen four or five times, you're like, oh, God, I just stopped dancing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to move, you know. And you're definitely right about the hoarding of the presents and stuff like that. But it, so it's definitely not like a game that it's like, oh, it's the greatest, and you got to go play it and start to finish. You'll love every second of it. But it is this goofy, fun little gem. Yeah. You know, from, okay. And, and I would definitely say like. It's better with two people, um, but but give it another whirl. Okay. So what about? Have you played the Contra on it at all? No, I haven't. Okay. So this the Contra. I watched the kids play it. A did little you? Bit. Yeah. One is super hard. That game. I mean, is Contra is always hard. Always right? hard. Yeah. Um, when we were talking <laughs> about some of the video games coming out, there's that new Contra coming out. Yeah. And we were kind of like, isn't this super weird that there's like different characters and a panda bear and like yeah. a robot yeah uh the contra on that totally has like a dude a chick a werewolf and a robot yeah and, like, really yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so when because, i pulled... because that's what they connor was the werewolf and spencer was the robot like as oh. soon as they turn that on spencer was like i want to be the robot yeah <laughs> and i was like robot <laughs> right. and sure enough there's a werewolf and a robot <laughs> and that's what they were running around as yeah <laughs> super <laughs> weird uh, well, it's super frustrating too because it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> like, like right. one's one. I mean, they kind of have different attack. Like the werewolf is a little taller mm-hmm. than, but like they don't. One no, of them dies slightly less quickly. Than exactly. The other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like no, it's still pretty fast. Nobody's tough. Nobody can take more than one hit. Nobody. Man, that game is frustrating. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did play a little bit of Street Fighter. Yeah, that game is unplayable with a three button controller. Always has been. Oh, what? No, they do the thing where school. you have to hit the start hit button, the start button and to switch, switch it. it. Super easy. Oof, yeah. that's, yeah. Where, that's, that's, where, not, that's not easy. That's where I learned to play you know what's Street easy Fighter. Is, so. You know what's easy is just hitting the other button. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, I feel like, yeah, yeah. That's uh, fighting games is where Super Nintendo I was, I was ex- got the better I was explaining deal. To, to Christy, who could not have cared less <laughs> Oh, that's about that's all that. Because I was like, you know, I'm surprised they even put this on here because it's already on this other mini and it yeah. works on the other mini and it's not going to work on this one with a, unless it's just on there as a way to sell 
they, six button controllers they do when sell. they come out. Well, they do. You can Are buy a Genesis because I couldn't find any Genesis. So ones. they're like a selling ones. it through Retrobit, which sells a bunch of controllers and stuff like that. But that is what they're so considering. The official that's what they're whatever. considering okay. their official ones. So yeah, but that's what I was looking for for stuff like that. But I was telling her, I was like, you know, unless they just wanted it to sell the six button controllers, and even so, if that were the case, they should have put Mortal Kombat on here. Yeah, if you wanted Mortal Kombat, man, you had to have the Genesis version because it had blood yeah. or had the blood code, so yeah, you can unlock the code. The, you can unlock the blood. They were both totally toned down to to the disappointment of everyone who ever would have played those games. <laughs> no one wanted to play Mortal Kombat without fatalities, uh, but they took them all out of the console versions because of ratings and whatever. Except for the Genesis one had the fatalities the, were still there. They just took the blood away from it, right. and they got rid of the gorier. Well, let's say yeah, they weren't like they didn't have like the they they weren't like holding spinal. Oh yeah, for like sure. That. I, I think they still Super did, Nintendo right? Either. Yeah, I didn't think so. I thought they, they still changed. they still did the head rip off one, and there was a little cord dangling. Did they? Absolutely. I thought they changed all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All, all I they know, changed a couple of them. All <laughs> I, I just know that like the Super Nintendo corrected that immediately with Mortal Kombat two because the sales of the oh, Genesis yeah. version yeah. were like. Like it was like ten to one. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Like Nintendo I lost. Bet that, I bet that blood code moved more Sega consoles yeah. than we could ever imagine. Like they rectified that super yeah. fast. Like by the time Mortal Kombat two came out, you didn't even need a code. It was full on. Every bit of gore was there. Yeah. They're like our bad guys. Sorry. Yeah. Here, yeah. please buy our please buy our game and our yeah. system. We're sorry. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're sorry. We yeah. listened to your parents. Yeah, yeah. We're sorry. We yeah. listened to your parents. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I just got to say, before we move on too far, I'm fine with hitting start and switching. That's how I learned to play Super I need Street to, Fighter. I want to try and... it some more. I couldn't get the hang of it. Um, it, it like, it was funny because it was one of those things where, like, the kids were playing that game. And they started out fighting each other. And then they decided to fight the computer. And they were taking turns fighting the computer. And they got to, like, the third guy and couldn't beat the third guy every time. So I was like, I got this. <laughs> Because they were like, they were like, can you do it? And I was like, hey, yes, absolutely. Let yeah. me do this. And then I got wrecked because because <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to kick the guy. I was like, I can only punch. There's only three buttons. I can't do anything. What is going on? And I got totally wrecked. Yeah. Um, and then they were unimpressed with me, so they snatched the controller back, and that was the only time I got to play it. So, so I, I lost out on my chance to look cool in front of the five year olds with Street Fighter. Thanks, three button controller. <laughs> um, let's see, what else did I play? Um, oh, those the two. What are the two like shooter games? Because those are both terrible. Fantasy Zone's on there, right? I I've always liked Fantasy Zone. I like those I games. Yeah. No, there, there's there's two that are the um that are like the Jet. Uh. Man, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank. I keep thinking Strider, but that's a different. That's Strider. Like, that's Strider's different. awful too. Oh, you don't like Strider? Uh, <laughs> um, so, so a lot of these games, I'm I'm frustrated because I'm so bad at. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Okay, Strider. Strider is super hard, and uh, I I I am not enjoying playing Strider at all. Okay. For some reason, I keep going back to it. Oh well. Um. I, I, Maybe because, you'll learn to love it. Well, no, you know what it is. It's <laughs> it's so simplistic that I, I I'm like, there's no way I'm this bad at this game. This game is, oh, you know, it's so simple and easy. Yeah, I'm you like, keep calling yourself a punk, and then you keep taking the bait. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> um. So so I keep going back to Strider and and not getting anywhere. I mean, like like not even getting past like the first 
three or four obstacles, man. I'm just terrible at it. Um, the the jet games are the jet shooters. Do you have them there? So I'm it's, trying to look for. Um, scroll back. Uh, no, it's. Um, I think I played Space, Space Harrier. Space, Space Harrier, Harrier two. And go over. Um, Super Fantasy Zone. Thunder Force. Thunder Force, Thunder Force three. This right here, Thunder Force three. Uh, uh, no, go go one more over. Um, there's your favorite game, Strider. Strider. Uh, I don't know. I don't see it's any not a other. Gradius on there is there? Is it Gradius? No. Just no be. What else is on there? Is it not Darius? <laughs> Darius. Darius. Is that it? Where is that? This right here. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, Darius. Darius. I, I think it's Darius and Space Harrier. Um, I've been playing them so much you think I would, but uh, those games are super hard. Yeah, and I, usually are though. Yeah, um, and they, they're just weird. Like, I I get okay with those. Um, you learn the pattern, right? And, right. And so it's all about the repetition, and you go through and you learn right. the pattern. Um, so then you're able to avoid the thing, and then the next thing kills you, and then you're able to avoid two things, and then the next thing kills you, and then you're able to avoid. Um, it's like a Simon with guns. It's like a Simon with with guns. It, I play. I've been playing those a lot. Yeah. Um, particularly, I think Space Harrier is the one I've been playing a lot. Um, the pattern's a little easier to get used to. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But that's it's it's the same kind of thing where I'm like it's just pattern recognition, but I get to like five pa- like five steps and I'm like I don't know what's coming. Next. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and if I remember like if I remember the sixth one, I forget one of the first three. Yeah. So then like I'm, I die right away. I'm like ah, this is ah, jeez. So I'm I'm looking forward to sitting down and playing uh, Beyond Oasis. That's a game I've always wanted to play. So that one is a, uh, it's an action RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess Zelda esque yeah. as far as like top down sword slashing action RPG. And it's one that I've always wanted to try. Uh, it's one of those games that have it's gotten kind of pricey, like to buy the actual physical cartridge for. So I, this uh, when I saw it was going to be on here, I was like, awesome! I want to sit down and play that game because that's one that I just actually I want to play it. I don't necessarily want to spend the money to own the game yeah. kind of a thing so so that's one that i'm excited to try i've never played the uh the castlevania on the system it's um, so so that's a good one i actually was bloodlines yeah uh, yeah i was actually playing that one yeah um that's the one where you there's two characters yeah there's one, one with the one spear, with spear one, with, one the with the whip yeah um but I, I then i got mad i got to a, like the second bad guy second boss yeah and he just drowns you and i like i couldn't i, I couldn't figure it out okay <laughs> but like that that's a fun one um it's it's much more in the style of the first uh castlevania yeah not, not simon's quest right um so it's it's a fun one it's a good one uh what i, I was just thinking of something else i was playing a lot of was gunstar um, heroes is another one i want to play that i've never really played through uh i Shinobi's on there. Shinobi three's on there. Shinobi three. Yeah, I haven't played much Shinobi. Um, the Ghouls and Ghosts that's on there. Oh yeah. Ooh, uh, boy, those are hard games. Too. Well, well, you know what? I I don't know what it was. Uh, I tried to play Ghouls and Ghosts on the was it on the Super yeah. Nintendo Mini? Yeah, yeah. Um, Ghosts and, and Goblins. Ghosts and Goblins. Called it on there. Yeah. And and I couldn't get like 
Yeah. I could I couldn't get past three monsters. Yeah. Like I couldn't get yeah. anywhere on that yeah. game. I'm in my I was, underwear in eight seconds on that. Yeah. 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 I, I was doing pretty good on this one. I was oh, like, cool. I was like, I got this one. I don't know if it's easier or if yeah. I was just primed for it. Um, but I was I was having fun with that one, getting a little ways, getting a little deep on it. Uh, I haven't I haven't gotten into any of the um, any of the RPGs on there, and I just I just have a thing that holds me back from RPGs. Like I'm not gonna play it for five minutes. You know what I mean? It's uh, contra yeah. contra. I'll get on there. I'll play for ten minutes, and when I'm frustrated and want to shut it off, like I can do that. Yeah. When I jump on like for an RPG, you know, and I'm like I don't have three hours to play this right now. Right. Yeah. yeah you know? Totally. Totally. I know. There's so many RPGs. Mm-hmm. that I want to experience that I just don't think I will ever have the time to experience right. because they do. They take so yeah. much time to sit down and, and by the time you have time to even start them, there'll be 25 more on the list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, here's something that I know that John will super appreciate, but did you see that they actually have a tower of power? They're calling it that you could buy for your Sega Genesis mini. Uh-oh. Now it's only actually been released in Japan as a retail item, but they sent it to a lot of as a press kit to various people in the U.S. But it is a just they're they're not real. They don't do anything. But there's a Sega CD that you can put on the bottom of the Genesis Mini, a 32x that plugs into the slot on the top, a uh, Sonic and Knuckles adapter that plugs into that, and a Sonic cartridge that plugs into that, so that you get the full tower of power to display with your Sega Genesis Mini. I will pay any price. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> well, it's you just can, decorative. Yeah. It's just decorative. You know, I noticed that like the top yeah. worked, yeah. like the the game slot, yeah, opened. And I was like, well, that's an interesting, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason for it. So, (laughs) of course, since it's the Japan one, it says Mega Drive on everything, not Genesis. But there were Genesis branded ones. But like I said, so far, those were only given as (coughs) press kit items to various. uh, Well, if if the Suzy Sega are listening, and I'm sure they are. Yeah. They're just trying to figure out if there's a market for it in the U.S. Everybody wants them. (laughs) They do. Everybody wants them. Now, you can buy this one if you really want it. They're going for anywhere between sixty and eighty dollars. The J- the Japanese ones. I so Mega it's drive. Crop. I was yeah. <laughs> so it's like buying the system again just yeah. to get the decorative stuff for it. But for collectors out there who really want that, yeah. it is an option. You can get on eBay right now and get it for about that price. Yeah, when they, so when they, when they when they scrape the Mega Drive off and paint Genesis on there. I'll, <laughs> there you I'll go. There. Hey, you never know. They'll find a way to release that. Probably. Yeah, I um, mean. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah. So I, well, they'll release. It and then and then you know, eight months after that, they'll have like the working Sega CD one. Oh, real? You know, yeah, <laughs> the Sega CD Mini. Yeah. So we, hey, there's a lot of good Sega CD I, games. I want a Sega CD yeah. Mini. It won't have any of the games I want on it, but yeah. I still want it. Yeah, I wonder if there'd be a lot of rights issues with some of those. Probably. Yeah. That that's the weird. problem. Like some of like I would love to have like the Spider Man game or the X Men game. Yeah. Or on the those Genesis, those are the I'm ones sure they probably wouldn't never, be able. To, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think there's a now, lot of. I can probably just go buy a Genesis and those games <laughs> with but, the with the CD games, the Sega CD games. I think there's a lot of rights issues with the music. Yeah, because because a, they went above and beyond because it was a CD, so put, put really good real music. songs yeah. on there. Yep. Yeah, 
Totally. Do you think they, still, they don't own the rights to Sonic Boom anymore? Sonic Boom. Actually, Sonic I think that's Boom, one they don't. I think. Really? No, they for sure do. They for sure have that because that's on Super Smash Brothers. Oh, okay. And yeah, that's one of the songs you, that's on Is Super Sonic Smash on Brothers. Super Smash Brothers? Yeah, Sonic's on there. Man, dude, everybody's well, that's on Smash on, Brothers well, now. Well, that's on, that's on Super Smash Brothers. That's not... Yeah, that but doesn't, they that doesn't mean they Sega owns the rights. They would have probably got it from Sega, though. There's a ton maybe, of different maybe. Sonic songs on there, and there's I don't know. Rights are weird. Nintendo figured it out, so yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure Sega could figure it out if it's not theirs. Uh, Sega couldn't figure out how to keep making consoles. So. <laughs> well, they're back now. <laughs> this doesn't count. They're like, we get the mini, and now Turbo Graphics is hot on the tails. I can't wait for that. I just want to see what. How the Turbo Graphics Mini is going to turn out? <laughs> we need to do. I just want to laugh at every game that isn't bonk. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to do we got to do a live play along. When or just, we should just we live should. like like when we do the we'll, we'll do a live video when we get the Turbo Graphics. Oh and we'll man, just all play. We should just, we just get just together. Pearl helmets. We should just get together and stream like the Genesis Mini one night or something. Just us playing the. And we'll do the same thing for the Turbo Graphics when it comes out. Well, we have the request. We need to do the uh, Friday the Thirteenth oh, yeah, game. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah, we can stream the fr- So apparently we're gonna start the stream easy. <laughs> the stream easy. Yeah. <laughs> just we gotta. We're gonna yeah. sign up a Twitch channel. We're gonna start yep. playing video games on Twitch. I'm, get, I'm gonna get a divorce. You need more time, John. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I think that's a great place to end today's episode. A lot of a lot of good discussion in there for a lot of different topics. So, hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, if you are new to the show, we have several different ways that you can check out our podcast. We do have a video version which you can watch here on YouTube if you found us this way. Please consider hitting that subscribe button and also like and comment on the videos. Help us spread the word on the show. If you prefer to listen to us via audio, we're on all of your preferred podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and all of that good stuff. So you should be able to find us, follow us, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, do all that good stuff so that we can help spread the word on the show. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? No, I mean, we went through a lot of topics today. So, I mean, as always, if you guys have thoughts or additional questions or whatever, comment down below uh, or up above or depending on wherever the comment section may be find us somewhere (laughs) uh let us know how you think jaron's doing as host and uh comment down below if you want the stream easy oh yeah there we go if we want to figure out a stream video video games i like playing video games might as well do it on the internet with everybody else (laughs) i hear i I hear there's money in that we gotta build build the brand (laughs) figure we gotta figure out how Build the brand. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. See you next time here on the Geek Easy. The Geek Easy Podcast is a production of PixelDan.com. Musical tracks used in the intro and outro are used with full permission of the respective owners or creators. Intro and outro narrations are provided by me, Brian T. Stevenson. PixelDan.com's The Geek Easy Podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed are those solely of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily represent those of PixelDan.com or any other party. Be sure to join us next time for another installment of The Geek Easy Podcast.